Welcome to the Filthy Dad Pod, a place where three washed-up dads talk sports to the masses in between wiping asses. I am your host, Ryan, and I am joined by my co-host, Tom, tonight. Dia's in the studio with us tonight. He's actually out celebrating uh, celebrating one of our friends, man. He's uh, a guy we've known since high school. We talked about the other night how, at this point, you know, we've known this dude 15 years. We're, we're at that 30-year-old range. We've known this dude half our life. He was... Uh, he was in 11th grade when we came into, in, into you know, we were freshmen in high school and he was on a baseball team. He was the captain. You know, he took us under his wing and we just, it, that's a friend we made and, and we kept, you know, that's a friend for life. And uh, he's actually, he's actually leaving. He's, he's uh, moving to Houston and uh, it's a big move and, and D's out celebrating with him. I wish I could be there, but uh, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to stay on schedule. We're bringing this to you guys, but best believe it's going to be a trip out to Houston. I know Tom's going to go out. Derek's going to go out. You know, uh, I just want to shout out Eric. That's my boy. He did my tattoos. My man, Tom, you know, he, he gave me my first three tattoos, bro. He gave me the bobcat on my arm, the initials on the back of my leg. He used to cut our hair, not Tom's. <laughs> yeah, Eric, you ever cut your hair, bro? One of the only true fucking Warriors fans I personally know. So, yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, that's one thing I'll give the dude. He was a Warriors fan before it was cool to be a Warriors fan. He really liked Steph uh, when when Steph wasn't Chef, when he was just Wardell, when he was Steph Curry, the beginning, you know. Um, but yeah, shout out to my buddy Eric. He's he's moving to Houston, and uh, that's why Derek's not with us tonight. They out partying. Drink one up before us boys. And uh, as sure, always, catch sure. us. Yes, sir. As always, catch us live on Thursdays and Sundays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We were a few minutes behind today with technical difficulties, but it's all good. It's all love. Follow us on all social media platforms at Filthy Dad Pod, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel to keep up with all live shows and co- and all the content that we that we release. Tom, I said a lot, bro. I've been going on for two minutes and 40 seconds now. What you got to say to the people? I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, can't wait to give you another good show. We're going to talk about some football, Monday night's game, and the game's coming up. I'm going to give you my lock of the week, and it's going to be a fucking lock this week. Nothing like- crazy. And uh hope you guys comment, watch, and uh, start asking questions. Yes, yes, yes. And we will try to, you know, we will try to keep track of all the questions um, across all the platforms. But, uh, Tom, I want to get right into uh, right into something here. I know you're a trivia guy. At least you, you, you like yep. to think you are. So I got a trivia question for you. And this I haven't rehearsed this with you. I kept it for this reason. The Washington Commanders, formerly known as the Redskins, were founded in 1932, but they moved to Washington in 1937. So where was their home? Where was their original home and what was their name? And I can't wait to reveal the answer to you because we have a whole lot of people to put some blame on for this uh, commander's team, this this organization. You want me to hit the Jeopardy? Yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I couldn't give even fall. guess. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. The, uh, the second half is a baseball team who is also in our division. The second name, like there's the two names, the city name and then the the name name, the name name. New York or Atlanta? No, the second name. What's the team name? The Mets or the Braves? The Braves. Okay, it's the Braves. Now, where were the Braves from? I'm giving it to you, bro. Come on. 
I don't fucking know. All I know is the Boston was, Braves before the Atlanta Braves. I don't know. It was the Boston Braves, bro. Good job. Look at you. That's what the hell I'm talking about. No, it was the Boston Braves. And the reason why I brought that up is because we got a lot of Boston friends, you and I. And, and I feel like they should be held accountable for this, this organization known as the Commanders. Because, you know, it, it started back there. I well, think never trivia. Yeah, I thought you I, – I, I was a little worried. I was like, you know what? But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep trying to make sure each week you don't get it and, and you try your best. And so we got our golf tournament this weekend. And we talked about it last week. And I'm ready to whoop your ass. And uh, I know you're ready to try to whoop me and Derek's ass, but I got one for you. Now, this might be corny, but it's a dad pod, so who cares? You ready for this, Tom? Shoot. Sure. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to <laughs> why do fathers? Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? I don't know why. In case they get a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah. All right. Dorky, whatever. Like I said, it's a dad pod. Let's jump into Monday Night Football. What a great game in prime time once again as the NFL continues to just give us these amazing showcase games. I mean, every game they're picking for these primetime games, Tom, could be game of the fucking year, for real, for real. <laughs> Especially that's tonight. Yep, that's an ode to uh, my boy Sean Maynard who said it was going to be exciting or whatever it was he said. But uh, all Monday Night Football, the Ravens beat up on the Saints 27 to 13. And Lamar was, again, I'm so – Lamar is the first point I'm going to talk about. He was 5 for 5 on his first on his first drive, and he hit five different targets. He completed that drive with a touchdown, and it was, it was actually his 100th career touchdown pass. So kudos to Lamar for that. You know, never see a running back, as they say, or call him a running back. Never see a running back throw for 100 touchdowns. And Lamar got it, bro. Um and, and there was a play that caught my eye, bro, and it just it just made me realize, like, how much attention Lamar really does demand from the defense because he gets that first touchdown, right? And um, on the next play, there was a play where the, his next touchdown, he, he runs a QB option to play before. He comes back from that play, and he runs another, like, a speed option to the opposite side. Right. And the defenders are all chasing him. and the whole team. There's, he got like a, a brigade of people in front of him. And I'm like, OK, Lamar's about to take off. And at the last second, he looks up and he found I think it was it was likely he hit like he hit likely for a touchdown. He just the whole defense was just on Lamar because you got to respect that run. And he pops up last minute. It looked like it looked like one of those running back design, you know, the one that Christian McCaffrey had. It's just everybody looks at this dude that he's so. You know, he could kill you with defeat. So when he does shit like that, it's just like how much he commands from that defense. It's 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 impressive. I don't know that there's any other player on the field that gets as many eyes on him as that dude does. And uh, he, looked, well, you know, go ahead. One thing I will say about that game um, is how much of an impact new signing. Ro- 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 I can't even say his name. Roquan Smith made an impact. Uh, I believe it was the Saints' second possession. Uh, third and short, Roquan Smith comes up, stuffs Alvin Kamara. Well, second and short, stuffs Alvin Kamara. Third and, sh- third and one comes up and stuffs Alvin Kamara. That forced the Saints to punt. They give Lamar Jackson an opportunity to throw that. Touchdown pass to was it Isaiah Likely? Yep, Backup tight end again, replacing Mark Andrews. Yep. I mean that defense. Yeah. He just came in and made a com- 
complete straight impact on that defense. And that just gave the Ravens complete life. He did, bro. And then the next, again, the next drive, they come down and Kenyon Drake gets in on the fun. So now they're all 14 nothing. And you get and you get this back and forth of field goals. They they you know the two teams combine for four straight field goals, and then you get Kenyon Drake again. Kenyon Drake got a uh, he had a one yard touchdown, a three yard touchdown. I know fantasy owners are probably pretty happy for that. So, um, go ahead. speaking of fantasy, I'm down 19 points with Kenyon Drake to go. I had mm. zero faith, absolute no faith. My only thing, I literally just beg for 19 points just to tie. And I wake up the next morning, clutch, that he scored me 21 points. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, bro, it was, it was, he got the goal line love, baby. Sometimes that's all it takes, for real, for real. But look, you get late in the fourth, or you get early in the fourth quarter. Saints defense was able to hold Lamar a little bit. They were able to slow him down and, and, and give, you know, give the offense some life. But then the offense comes out, bro, and just like that, they go three and out. And it was kind of like in the moment, I just remember like, damn, this defense got to be like, bro, can you do something? And uh, they just they they just weren't able to do shit. And um, nope. from there, the Ravens, man, then their miscues started coming to fruition. And, and, and some of their deficiencies started showing because they had back-to-back miscommunications between Lamar and the offensive line. One was a delay of game. The other one should have been a delay of game or, or it was pretty close. And then they follow up them two plays with a swing pass. Now, again, this is fourth quarter. They're already up. Like, they're, they're just, you know, they're still being aggressive, but they're just trying to get out with a win, right? It, uh, Lamar throws a swing pass, and, and I feel like the defender makes a little bit of a better play. It's, it's picked. But also, he has a chance to step in front, and you don't know what happens. He could break a tackle, and, and he's off to the races. If not, worst case, they force a turnover there, and, and you know, it didn't happen. But uh, it just shows, you know, it, there's a lack of talent there, and a lot of that uh, lack of talent and continuity, and a lot of that, a lot of that surrounding Lamar is, is due to – I'm going to talk about it a lot today is, is Baltimore's injuries. I think that's something that's really killing that team. Um, but then – the defense shuts the door. Justin Houston comes up huge all night. He gets the uh, he got that game winning interception to shut them down, and and from there it was it was it was lights. The game was over. Uh, Lamar Jackson on the day he passed Steve Young for fourth all time rushing yards by a quarterback, and he did it with 102 less games. My man is just he's he's just a monster, and and I really think that I really do think that um, Baltimore screwed up. I think they should have paid they should have paid him before the season. And because now, bro, it's now his price is just going up. Every day his price is going up. He's gonna be more and more and more expensive. He's banking on himself. And he's what's driving that team because that team is beat up. That team is is lacking talent when they're not beat up. The Ravens, they don't got the craziest roster, but they're winning. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're completely depleted on offense when it comes to receivers and running backs. I mean, I can't remember the last time they had their starting running back going into the season. I mean, J.K. Dobbins, they drafted J.K. Dobbins. He was hurt. He didn't start the season. Gus Edwards, he didn't start the season. J.K. came back. Gus came back. And now they're both out again. And now you're 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 hoping on Kenyon Drake. Uh, Lamar, I mean, Lamar can do so much. He can't do everything by himself, though. I mean, God forbid. I mean, listen, I can, I'll can. i shit on Lamar to Sean Manor all the time, just trolling. The guy's just a complete athlete. I mean, 
He can work on, there's some things he can work on. The same thing with Jalen Hurts. What Jalen Hurts worked on was passing down the field. Lamar could do the same exact thing in the offseason, but he's working. And now he knows he wants that same Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract. If Deshaun Watson gets one, almost every quarterback in the NFL deserves one, especially Lamar Jackson. I mean, being one of the first unanimous MVPs and, I mean, leading that team to a playoff by himself, getting rid of Hollywood. I mean, that, that was a bad thing for Baltimore, but, I mean, they got out of it. They didn't have to pay him. And then, I mean, you're relying on Mark Andrews. Yeah. And now with, with Mark Andrews going down, I mean, hopefully they do the right thing and they don't rush him back. Yeah. But, I mean, who are they throwing to? Do, uh, Devin DuVernay, uh, DuVernay um, Rashad Bateman got hurt, right? Bateman's done. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, he's a skeleton now. Yeah. I mean, love, love him, but, I mean, he. I mean, listen, he looked good. He caught the ball, but you could see he played one play. They took him out. I mean, he's just not himself. He doesn't have his feet under him yet. And then they, like you said, they rely on Kenyon Drake and fucking Lamar. And then I, I mean, Mark Andrews would have did something, but Isaiah likely had what one catch, twenty four yards, and it was one touchdown. Yeah, which showed you, I mean, that they need Lamar. I mean, they need Mark Andrews back. Yeah, yeah, they're missing. They're missing a lot. And and it's funny. I wrote in my contract talk notes. I I wrote something along the lines of, imagine if this dude was on an offense with some serious weapons, like. Let's say he were – I know he's not going to hit free agency even if they don't work out a deal because they're going to franchise tag him uh, unless he holds out and he doesn't sign it. Um, but we could always play the if, – if Lamar was a free agent game, and I would love to see that dude on the team. Imagine if he was with someone like the Bucks or Detroit where I think he's – if he's not with the Ravens, I think that's where he goes. Um, or the 49ers who are looking for a quarterback – who maybe have the money to, to do something like that if they work a couple things. I mean, you would, could you imagine going up against Lamar, uh, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Debo? It's now, insane. With, with the defense that they got, that'd be vicious. As, as Unless, you know, of course, I always – I don't I'm not even going to get into that. That's a whole different conversation. But let's get into something that I do appreciate the NFL doing, and I wish they would start earlier, is they flexed us. They they took Bengals-Steelers off of uh, Sunday Night Football in week – I think it's week 11. They took Bengals-Steelers off, and they put Chiefs-Chargers on, which I would much rather watch the Chiefs and Chargers. I don't want to see Kenny Pickett on my TV. Um, <laughs> him, him or his tiny hands. They can. I don't need to see them. Um, but yeah, so the NFL flexed us. We've been flexed, and I am extremely grateful for that. Now watch. We'll lock out and get like a shit show. It'll be like a 13-10 game between the Chiefs and Chargers, but still better than seeing Kenny Pickett. Absolutely. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. I'm not trying to kill the kid. But uh, then in Indy, other news, Indy, Frank Reich out. We called it on the show last week. I didn't think we said I didn't I didn't know if we'd wake up and, and see it very next day, but you know, yeah. nonetheless we all agreed that he was on his way out. I think everybody kind of knew that. Um and Jeff Saturday, who was a who was listed as a consultant of the team, uh was hired. He's brought off ESPN and he was brought in to, to head coach. And I don't think he's coached anything higher than high school. You think that He's about to come in here, and, and I mean, I, he's going to get respect in the locker room um, based off of his name and and uh, being, you know, everything that he did in the league. But do you think he's going to go in and make a difference? you think they're going to start winning games? And do you think 
they're, he's going to rock with Ellinger, or now that Matt Ryan's a little healthy again, do you think he's going back to Matt Ryan, who they paid $40 million to? Um, I do think they are going to go back to Matt Ryan, only because he can actually complete the ball downfield. Yeah. Um, but in just Saturdays, like, I was watching a press conference with him today, and um, he's pretty much saying, like, he doesn't care what anybody says. He thinks he's fit for the job, of course. But what does, honestly, what does Jeff Saturday have to lose? I mean, we all know the Colts aren't winning anything. And he could come in, let's just say he wins four or five games. It's only going to help his resume out. I mean, if he loses games, I don't know. I mean, he's an interim coach, so I don't know what Ursay is going to do at the end of the year. But I can only see, I mean, Ursay going underneath, going, grabbing Jeff Saturday. I mean, I can only see him trying to give Jeff Saturday the future for the Colts. I but, mean, I agree. I agree. He's he's loved in Indianapolis, so I think I think a lot of the local people. And like you said, he's going to have nothing but respect in the locker room. He's a he's he's a young guy. Hopefully, he was a center. He still has to earn some respect. Nah, let me not rag on centers. He was. I watched. I watched, You know, again, huge Peyton fan. I watched Jeff Saturday's entire career. I watched the fight him and Peyton had on the side. Um, he was the center. He was the he was the best. You know, he was that side by side dude with Peyton, who's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. So he understands offenses. He's those, you know, other linemen might just know run assignments and this and that get, blitz assignments. But this dude is is a catalyst of the whole offense. He knows pretty much what the quarterback knows, and maybe that brings us. Maybe that pulls a spark. Maybe he could light something under the lineman and Jonathan Taylor's coming back to get him going. We got a whole thing on that, but I think that I think that it was a decent move. And hey, if it don't work, you get rid of him. Uh, exactly. And then another piece of news before we get into the week 10 preview, Odell is, is uh, he's been cleared and uh, there's been a lot of talk this week by, you know, Jerry Jones, the Cowboys are looking, of course, the Rams are going to be in play. The Packers seem like they were in play. And, and at this point, desperation and Rogers might get on the phone and beg them at this point. But uh, do you see, do you have any, you know, do you have any thoughts on where Odell can go, where he is going to go or where do you um... go? I mean, I even heard I even heard rumors that he might go back to the Giants. I, I would love to see that. Um, yeah. personally, man, I, I he's going to be somewhere. I personally think he's going to a contender. He wants to win again. I mm-hmm. don't think he's going back to the Rams. I do not. But like you said, I can see Dallas. I can see Kansas City. I can see. I don't. know. I can't see Buffalo too much. Uh. Honestly, dude, I I have no clue where I where he's gonna go. If I had yeah. if if you put a gun to my head and I had a guess right now, he's going to Kansas City. Kansas City. That team that team gets now we got we got our power rankings that we're gonna reveal tonight. And uh even if the Eagles are undefeated, Chiefs get Odell. I might have to make a uh make a little swap, make a little jump. That team does not need Odell, but if they were to somehow pull off that it, it, I, I feel like that elevates them, at least that offense. Depends on what Odell you get back, but Odell is Odell. So I feel like that elevates that offense to, you know, they got to be the most talented in the league. That would give them, that would give them a, a, you know, I feel like Odell still got, you know, the talent to be a true number one if he comes back. 
I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, top 10 in the league, but Odell is, he showed in the Super Bowl. He was, I, I think he was going to be Super Bowl MVP. A lot of people got that opinion. And uh, Odell's going to be special wherever he goes. I'm, I'm hoping that it's not Dallas, to be completely honest. I don't see Philly in the realm. If they pulled it off, I would love it. Uh, I really do. I really would like to see him go back to New York. I got New York, a spoiler, I got New York in my top 10. And I think that they'll, I'm, I feel like I'm waiting for that team to fall out. But if they were to get Odell, if they were to get Odell to that offense, I think that I think that that would be it would be a feel good story for him, and it would be you know it's a good spot for them, and and I think it will work, I really do. Um, and with that, oh, I wanted to ask you, this is just a weird stat that I found. Do you know how many kickoff and punt returns for touchdowns there have been across the entire league by everyone this year? Zero. There's been one. So you, I, I feel like I was surprised. I thought there was going to be at least like four or five. But then it's I a lot of them touchbacks number. now with that new rule. So with the new, where you're kicking from what the thirty-five now, so many touchbacks. Yeah, I nobody, I, nobody kicks to the punt returners anymore. Cause they pussy. Oh. <clears throat> Let's be professional. Um, all right, so Thursday night football, which is should be kicking off in what about fifteen minutes. Um, we got, speaking of top tier primetime matchups, baby, we got Falcons <laughs> and Panthers in downtown Charlotte. And, uh, I know, you know, this Tom, but I want the people to know I've actually been to a Thursday night football game in Charlotte at this same exact time. It was the, it was actually the week before it was the end of, um, it was the beginning of November, end of October. So, but right around this time, I, I've been to a Thursday night football game down there. Uh, it was the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And even though I think their fans are just a little too nice, they they definitely had a party down there. They shut off like a two block radius. They uh, everyone's out there cooking. It's it's the southern hospitality is real, bro. I had we had people. Now it's me and two other guys, and we're we're drunk rowdy Eagles fans. And this lady was offering. Now I don't know if if there was a catch with it or something, but at the time I thought she was a really nice lady. She was offering us her house. She was like, "You guys can come down and sleep here. You know, if you guys get too drunk, we don't want you driving, and and just come here." <laughs> And we'll let you guys crash. We got a we got a separate guest house. I was like, all right, we wound up Ubering home. But it was it was a nice gesture. They fed us. We didn't have to pay for nothing. Listen, you and, slept uh, there. You weren't waking up the next morning. Especially because the Eagles won that game. Yeah, you weren't waking up. The Eagles won that game. I think it was like 24 20. It was it was it was when Zach Ertz Zach Ertz did some damage to them. But yeah, it was uh it's cool down there. And um, you know, they got street performers, all that. But to the game, man. The, uh, the last meeting, it was a high-scoring shootout. We've seen the Falcons win 37-34 in overtime after Carolina choked multiple times late in the fourth and in overtime. P.J. Walker, we were talking about this before before we got on. P.J. Walker's getting a start in this one. And uh, despite being benched last week for, for in favor of Baker Mayfield, and between that and the return of uh, old Lego man, Sammy, Sammy Darnold, you got to think P.J. Walker got a short leash coming into this game. Very short. Like, I feel like they're not even going to it, – it's it could be like a Patriots-Mac Jones situation. He gets three – you know, he might get three or four possessions. And if if maybe he turns the ball over, they're going to – you know, they're, I, I got to feel like they're going back to to Baker. Um, right, right. We got, we got a question, and we only got 14 minutes to answer it. Are you starting – are you starting Mariota or Russ? <clears throat> All right, so you're you're putting me into my analysis pretty early. I'm gonna start. Russ is uh, 
Ooh, Mariota's going up against a pretty peripheral, pretty shitty. Huh? Russ is going up against Tennessee. Okay. Um, I'm starting Russ. Okay. I'm starting Russ. I uh, I actually got Russ highlighted. I got him as as a player to watch this week. I think Russ is gonna. I think with those high knees. I think the bye week. I think. I don't know the bye week. Maybe the the recent comments by Pete Carroll. I think I think Russ in that situation, honestly. Um, but I'm, I'm, you can get back to what you're talking about. It's just, Sean just needed a um answer before the Thursday night nah, game started. I like that, Sean. Don't kill me if I'm wrong. All right, all right. He had him starting too. See, I yeah. like that. I do think I do think that Mariota has the higher ceiling. I do think that if in like boomer bust, I think Mariota could put up more points than Russ. I think Russ is going to have a very solid game. I got him down for three touchdowns. Um, so he could find you in the teens, in the middle to high teens, maybe 20s. Because um, he's probably going to sprinkle a turnover in there. And uh, I don't think he's going to get much yards. It's it's Denver's defense is nice. So they they got a chance to to make Malik Willis or Tannehill, whoever starting it, they got a chance to make them turn it over. They got the best pass coverage in the league. So I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, Russ. I think Russ is the option there. Um, but back to the Falcons and Panthers. On the other side, man, you get a Falcons team who's sitting at four and five, and they're now, like we talked about, they're now in second place in the NFC South. With a win tonight, though, they can get the, they could continue to see Saul battle with the Bucs, and they could take over first place in the South, at least until Sunday morning when the Bucs play Seattle and Germany. Um, the Falcons are led – now, now this is this is where uh, I let you guys in on a little secret. The Falcons are actually led by Tom's favorite quarterback, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Tom loves Mariota. He loved him back when the Eagles were supposed to get. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I just uh, Tom's got a. That's, that's, Chip got a uh, that's Chip Kelly's phenom. Yeah, it was supposed to be, but the uh, Mariota. The Falcons, who are led by Mariota, they actually have the highest, the fourth highest graded offense, according to PFF. And that's where a lot of my stats are going to come from. Um, so when I talk about a lot of the stuff, just know it's all a lot of this is coming from PFF. And that's sitting them, that system above teams like the Dolphins, the Vikings, the Bills. Like that offense is that offense is pretty efficient. The offense is efficient now. Now. <sighs> While the offense is good, the, the defense is shitty. Defense is definitely the weak spot of that team. Um, they're just giving up yards left and right. They're, they gave up 34 last time they seen this Panthers team. And, and I want to say that I think that we're going to get another shootout here as I don't think, again, the Panthers are tooled to stop that offense, and it's obvious the Falcons' defense couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed. But it's Thursday night football, and that means the odds are we're going to get a 17-16 type of uh, low-scoring game. Listen, that's not, it would not surprise me one bit to see yeah. Baker Mayfield again in the second half. Maybe he could. I, I think you could see him in the first half. I don't think my uh my my fellow Temple alumni. I don't think he's going to get a uh you know a long leash here tonight. I really don't. Let me see. So I got two players to watch in this game for you. For the Falcons, I got Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's he, last week he went five 
catches 80 yards and a touchdown. That, or not last week, the last game versus Carolina. And he needs a game here, man, to put some respect back on his name. And Mariota came out this week. He said that he needs to do a better job of giving him opportunities. So I'm expecting I'm expecting Mariota to go at Pitts early and often. And then for the Panthers, the last time these two teams played, he went this dude went off for 118 yards and three touchdowns. That's Deontay Foreman. And I said the same thing after last week's game. If Carolina's going to have a chance to win, you know, these games, if they want to keep up with Atlanta, they need a rushing attack to get going. And um, I have my last one here was another player to watch is any quarterback not named P.J. Walker. Um, because, I re- again, I, I really do think that with Darnold, you know, I don't know if he's active. I think he is. But with Baker there, I think that he got a very short, you know, this is a primetime game. They don't want to lose this game, and they're at home. So so they're going to do what they got to do, and if that means pulling P.J. Walker, if he doesn't come right out the gate firing, it could happen. But uh, my prediction, I don't think we're going to get a, 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 a snoozer. I think we're going to get a good game, and I think the Falcons win 30-20. to 20. What about you, Tom? Uh, I'm going to take the home team. Okay, 27-24 Panthers. Ooh, okay. 27. See, if Baker comes in, I feel like they could do they could pull that off. And again, the 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 Falcons are just so inconsistent that I could see I can see it. I can see this game going either way for real. Ball. Deontay Foreman run the ball. I would like that. Oh, as a matter of fact, while we're while we're here, while I got a couple minutes, you just reminded me. I have Deontay Foreman and I think I need to start him. I think I haven't even done my fantasy lineup. I've just been so wrapped up in this. But uh, so the one o'clock games, we got Seahawks and Bucks in Germany. This is for Sunday's games, one o'clock games. Jump right into it. Um, That's 930. 9.30. 9.30 a.m. What do you got on the game, Tom? Uh, so you asked me a trivia question. I'm going to ask you a trivia question, but I'm going to give you my input first. Tom Brady is undefeated. In three different countries with the Patriots, he's put up a combined in three games overseas. He's averaged 300 passing yards a game. Mm-hmm. He's outscored his opponents like one something to 17 is what he outscored his opponents. Okay. He could be the first player, the greatest. Obviously, we all know he's the greatest of all time. But the greatest of all time could be the first player in NFL history to win games in four different countries. There's three other pl- there's two other quarterbacks that are three and zero in three different countries. Can you name them? Uh, I gotta feel like one is Blake Bortles. Nope. No. See, I was going Blake Bortles purely off of the fact that the Jags play there every year. Um, there's two quarterbacks. There's three total, but Brady being one of them. Who's the other two? Brady's one of them. I feel like it got to be a Jags quarterback. They played their nine. They've played in London nine times, nine years in a row. Jags quarterback. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll throw out Trevor Lawrence. I don't think so, but no, he hasn't even been in the league that long. He's been in two. You said two. Yeah, I said they're three. No, he hasn't played overseas three times. 
That's the second year. All right, yeah, I fucked up. Go ahead, Tom. Who is it? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, yep. Okay. And fucking Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. I never would have guessed. Fitzpatrick, I, I feel like I should have got. All right, so this Jay is. Cutler, I would have never guessed it either until I just seen it when I was because um, like doing research on this game. I mean, Brady's just lights out overseas. Uh, they're gonna go, and they're gonna humble the Seattle Seahawks. Interesting, because I heard there's a new tender Tommy in town, and that's the newly single quarterback of the Bucks, and he's coming off a game-winning touchdown, which is seconds left to beat the quickly sinking Rams. Again, not gonna get into them right now, but uh, what a win for the Bucks, man! It was an ugly game for the offense up until Brady was able to lead his record 55th game-winning drive, in which he finished off a one-yard touchdown to, like you said earlier. Uh, tight end Kate Otten, and uh, you know, that drive again, they didn't really have anything going. He took the field on that drive with 44 seconds left in the game, as you call him the goat, which I've I've agreed to at this point. He went five for six for 60 yards and he punched it in. And bro, that had to feel good for him and the Bucks. And in fact, I know it felt good because after the great after the game, Brady told the reporters that was fucking awesome, and again. It was an ugly game, but it's a confidence booster and and it's a step in the right direction. This was we talked about the two we talked about the two teams last week between the Bucks and the and the Packers, and we said, hey, if one of these you know all time great quarterbacks ain't going to make the playoffs this year, which ones are going to be? And we both said the Bucks, and uh, I think all three of us said the Bucks and the Pack. Well, no, the the Bucks would make it, and the Packers wouldn't make it. But uh, it's, this is a step in the right direction for them, bro. This could be a, this could be something that turns their whole season. Uh, season right, but like we all said the only way, the only way the Bucks are making the playoffs are winning the NFC South, and that's because it's not as good as it was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just yeah, again. I I feel like this is something that could get the Bucks Bucks in the right direction. Now we know the Rams ain't what they were last year, but just think about it from the from the Bucks perspective is like this is the team that beat us last year. Right. This is the team that whooped our ass when we were trying to defend our Super Bowl. So, one, we could whoop their ass while they're trying to defend theirs and, and let them, you know, give them a little taste of what it feels like. But two, this team beat our ass last year. And they, they're the reason why we didn't get to another Super Bowl and probably would have won another Super Bowl. So we got to slay that dragon. We got to get them the fuck out the way, exercise those demons. And I think now it's kind of just like, you know, balls of the wall. I, I feel like I feel like they're going to. They're gonna go ahead and 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 do the thing. And on the other side, bro, we got a Seattle team that's been they've been one of the surprise teams of the year. They're fresh off a 31-21 dub and a sweep over the Arizona Cardinals, and they're riding into Germany on the back of a four-game win streak in which they've knocked off the Cardinals twice, and they beat two top twelve teams. And uh, they beat the Giants and and the Chargers, and they beat both of them by uh, both of those games were I think they were fourteen points each. It's not like they squeaked out with a win. They 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 fucking they put it down on them, bro. And they have some early season statement wins, and and this could be another one for them. I feel like myself and everyone are waiting for the real Seahawks to stand up because um, I don't see them getting the respect that maybe they should be getting. But a win over the Bucks, who are feeling good coming into the game would be huge in terms of confidence for the Seahawks in their locker room, but also from the NFL world, just just showing them respect. Um, do you feel like do you feel like there's a chance? I know you I know you think that Brady's gonna go in and humble this team, but do you think there's a chance that that the Bucks could can knock off I mean the uh, Seahawks can knock off the Bucks? Yeah, absolutely. If Brady comes out too jet lagged and still depressed, 
But nah, <laughs> seriously. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, Seattle's playing great football. Chemistry looks good. I mean, Kenny Walker's balling. Like I said, Tyler Lockett's so underrated. Bucks defense is super suspect right now. But I just don't understand, like, how they need to get this. Like, the Brady needs to get this offense rolling. I mean, you got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. That's enough. That's all you need on offense, not to mention Lenny Fournette in the backfield. Like, there's no reason for this offense not to be putting up points and points. But, like, I don't know. I just think Brady, like, seeing that stat, Brady just loves playing overseas. Uh, he's going to be riding into the bye. He knows he's going to be riding into the bye week next week. Who knows? Brady might stay in Germany and meet somebody else. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just think this is the week. I'm not saying Seattle is not going to bounce back, but I do think this is the week that the Bucks somehow bounce, bounce back and win the game. Not going to say they win the game big, but it's a statement game for them, and I think they're going to win. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm, I think I'm on the same – I think I'm in the same boat. Um, but for, for Seattle, man, I got their player to watch is Kenneth Walker the third. And I feel like if there's anywhere to attack this Bucks defense this year, because you said, I mean, I think it's in a rushing game. And and that wasn't the case in previous years, but it's been a different story this year. And Kenny Walker the third, man, he's been lights out. He's in the offensive rookie of the year talks. And I'm I'm expecting him to have a decent game against the Bucks, who they're better against the pass this year. They, they are. They're better against the pass than they are to rush. So I feel like if this defense could be had anywhere, it's going to be in a rushing attacking. And, and Walker has shown huge explosiveness. And um, for the Bucks, it's it's my players to watch. It's it's. I mean, this train runs through TB12 each and every week. But but that would be too easy to name him. So I'm watching Chris Godwin. And uh, he's still battling back from that devastating ACL injury, and he hasn't really done what we've come to expect from him, or at least what I've come to expect from him. I'm all in on Godwin, bro. And and I've been for a few years now. He's one of my favorite wide receivers that isn't in Midnight Green. And I do remember him, you know, hearing rumors of maybe he was leaving the Bucks, and I was just, you know, I was I was getting all giddy, like, oh shit, could he do it? Could he? Do it? But he did, and he signed a three-year extension in March. And what I wouldn't have give, you know, given to get a guy like Godwin aside. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, I mean, that would be scary. But for now, he stays with the Bucs. We can only dream. But he doesn't have a touchdown so far this year. And I think this is the week that he breaks that slide. And I got my guy going for not one, not two, but two. I got him going for two touchdowns, two or more, multiple. I just put multiple. And then let minimum of two. Two. So you're with me. Chris Godwin, yeah, I think all the attention is going to be on Mike Evans, but that just leaves the game open for I, I'm I'm with you. I agree. Oh, of course I agree. I said it. Um, yeah. I'm glad you brought up Mike Evans because that man needs just 82 yards to become the first wide receiver in Bucks history to amass the 10,000 receiving yard mark. As long as he can hold on to the fucking ball. He can. Mike Evans is a beast. I will not tolerate Mike Evans' slander here, Tom. But my man is going to go ahead and get 10,000 yards. I think he's going to do it this week. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty big. He's he stayed loyal to them. He's gotten healthy. You know, he's had his injuries and whatnot, but he plays, and he's a beast. And he's fiery. That motherfucker will protect his teammates at all times. The Jameis shit, he knew Jameis was being <laughs> He knew Jameis was being an asshole, bro. He's the sidelines. He'll protect you. Okay, he'll take a he'll take a one game suspension for his quarterback. Love that. So I think I think uh, I think this is going to be a uh, a shootout early, 
I think the Bucks are going to pull away. I think this is going to be the offensive game that they're looking for. Um, I didn't write a score, but I'll give you I'll give you a thirty-one. Let's go. Let's go thirty-four. Bucks thirty-four. Seahawks twenty. I think the Bucks pull away late. I think it's a close game, and I think they pull away late. Um, let's move on to. Did you give your? You gave your prediction, right? Okay, thirty-one twenty-four Bucks. Okay. Okay. I think uh, I think mine is better. I don't know why. I just, you know, we're competitive. So Vikings Bills. This game, bro, it had me giddy going into it. I mean, both of these teams are in my top five power rankings that are coming out later tonight on this show live here in person. And I was ready for the battle between these two squads because you got Icy Kirk Cousins versus the only quarterback in the league, in my opinion, that could challenge Mahomes is QB1, Josh Allen. And uh, then you got Dalvin Cook versus that vaunted Bills defense, even as banged up as they are. And then you got Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson on on the field at the same night. I mean, this game had game of the year written all over it. That, that's how I felt. And then with the recent injury to Josh Allen, I'm not so sure. We're not we're not sure if he's going to play. If he's not playing, if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. But if he's able to be just half of what he's been so far this year, then Buffalo, I mean, honestly, they still got a great shot to, to send a message that they're not the team that just lost to the Jets because that's pretty bad. Uh, but that maybe maybe that was a fluke, and and on the other hand, they got a chance to you know knock the Vikings back down to earth. Everybody's high on the Vikings. I know I'm pretty high on them. I got them in my top five. They got a chance to to beat them up and say, "Chill, you lost to Philly. Now we're gonna whoop your ass." It, it just shows that you know you're not ready for the big boys. What do you what do you feel about the Bills' chances? And you know, with or without Josh Allen, I mean the Bills will always have a chance. With I mean. Don't get me wrong, Case Keenum's a serviceable, serviceable backup for the Bills. I mean, he can still sling the rock. He can get the ball downfield. Obviously, it's not Josh Allen because now you don't have the threat with the legs. but mm-hmm. And obviously, arm power. I mean, we're not going to compare Case Keenum to Josh Allen. But, I mean, Case Keenum's still a serviceable, serviceable backup. I do think I will be – I mean – they listen them day to day. I don't know if that's just a ploy to see what Minnesota the the fuck with Minnesota and like, to see what they have to do in practice and who they have to game plan for. Mm. I don't know. I can't. I would be very surprised to see Josh Allen play only because it's a UCL injury and it's a slight tear and one bad one bad hit can end his season. And you're looking at the future of the Bills for the next ten plus years. So I will be surprised yeah. to see Josh Allen play. But if he does play anytime Josh Allen's on the field, the Bills will always have a chance to win. But with him playing, how much is he going to be effective throwing the ball downfield and how painful is he going to be and how much pain is he going to be in? So I don't know about that. I mean, you might see a lot of short passes. I mean, that's Diggs will eat in the short game. Gabe Davis will eat in the short game. So, I, I mean – I mean, I know my prediction already, and I told you already what my prediction was. So it all depends on what Josh Allen shows up, if Josh Allen plays. I agree. I don't I, think he's going to play. You don't think he's going to play. I, I think that, that dude. Play. I think he's going to sit out this game, but we all know my predictions are fucking shit. So. Is it the Tom uh, Flynn lock of the week that Josh Allen is going to be out? Uh, Josh Allen could come out and fucking throw for 500 yards for my, my luck. <laughs> so 
I mean, we're, we're pretty much on the same page. I do think he's going to play. I think that, I mean, that's the same injury that we've seen with Bryce. And that took him, you know, he, he didn't play right field again that season. And uh, he was still able to hit. So he's able to do some things. But that's that's your throwing arm. The reason why Bryce couldn't be out there is because he couldn't throw from that injury. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen's and hopefully Josh Allen's isn't as bad as Bryce's was. But that's scary for a quarterback. And 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 Josh is a beast. That, you know, you, you hate injuries. I wish we could just take Turn them off and fuck it. Everybody just have their best team on the field. Nobody gets hurt and just see who's better. But it don't work like that. And uh, but on the other side, bro, you got a team. I'm 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 I don't like their fans because I think they're bitches. You know, when they came to Philly and acted the way that they did. And then when we acted the way we did, they cried like. But the Minnesota Vikings, man, they're an exciting team and and they got solid wins this year. And even though it might not always be pretty, it's mostly effective. They're seven and one, and they got a four and a half game lead in the NFC North, and they're gonna be looking to knock off the mighty Bills. And they honestly, man, I don't think they care whether Josh Allen is playing or not because they got confidence, they got the swag, like we said about Kirk Cousins. You got, you know, you got icy Kirk there on that uh, plane. Yeah. Mini, yo, that that dance was horrible, but I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna go past that. They got a legit chance to win to to win this week, and if they can. They can solidify themselves as a serious contender in the NFC, and that's 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 honestly my opinion. I know that I know that Philly put the smackdown on them, but if they're able to beat a Bills team with or without Josh Allen, or even with Josh Allen at fifty percent or whatever percentage he's going to be at, it's a good win, honestly, because the Bills team was the one that was supposed to be untouchable. Uh, the whole roster was supposed to be the best roster, top to bottom. I remember the offseason talk, bro, and. Um, but this game, man, this game for the Vikings, this is everything here. This is everything. If they knock off the Bills, they're going to, you know, they're going to get some respect. The confidence booster. Yeah, but if they lose, I know I'm going to look at them as the team that can beat up on pretty much everybody except for the top dogs. And that's what I said to you before before we got on. I said they don't want that label. They don't want to be the team that's that's good. But you just know that if it comes down to it and they play one of these top teams like they did in Philly and like they, did, like they are with Buffalo, if they get smacked around, bro, Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, not feel good about them. I told you I got the Vikings in NFC Championship game coming to the city of brotherly love again. But what I will say is they have the Buffalo Bills this week, and then they have the Dallas Cowboys next week. I mean, that's two back-to-back games that if they can magically win, if they can win both of them games, obviously we want them to win against Dallas. If they can win both of them games, I mean that's nothing but a confidence booster for them coming going into going into the the back end of the season. Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, it, I, I really want to see how they play against this team. I hope Josh Allen plays because again, a fifty percent Josh Allen is better than a lot of quarterbacks in the league, and uh, I would like to see them too. You know, I would like to see that battle. I was excited for that game, but um, listen, for Buffalo, even without Josh Allen. They need to get Gabe Davis is my highlighted player to week, a player to watch this week. And uh, someone on this team other than Diggs and Allen got to step up in this game, especially with Josh Allen not being 100%. And that that burden, in my opinion, falls on the shoulder of Gabe Davis because, bro, the numbers in, in, in Buffalo's two highest rated offensive games this year, it was week one against the Rams and then their blowout of the Steelers. Now, Steelers got a decent defense, but uh, – Gabe put up numbers, bro. In the in the game in the week one game, he went four for eighty eight with a touchdown, and then in the game against the Steelers, he went three for one seventy three and two touchdowns. 
And that exactly. 98 touchdown reception too, wasn't it? In the guess the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yep. He torched the Steelers, bro. So in their in their two games where he really balled, they were his two best games of the season. And then the two games where he really balled out, they had their highest rated outcome, their output from their offense. So it just shows, man, that, that it's just this team is just so much more dangerous with him on his game. And it completely opens up the field for both Josh Allen and Diggs. And they meet they need more consistency from him on this, especially in a time where Allen is less, you know, he's hurt. And um one other thing I'm looking for, I'm looking for McDermott to get the Russian attack going early. And if they can get some early success, you know, those running backs could have a big game here. If they, But they got to figure out, in order to do it, they're going to have to figure out one of the best rush defenses in the league. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but if they can get them established, then I think it, it, it opens it up, again, regardless of whether or not Josh Allen plays. But uh, for Minnesota, bro, I'm watching Dalvin Cook. And he should be the main focal point for the Vikings this week. Even through all the injuries, that Buffalo defense is a formidable foe. And where they excel is is they have, I would say, probably the second. I got them around the second best rush defense, um, like creating pressure outside of Dallas. And and their pass defense is top 10 in the league, in my opinion. So, you know, they're, they're pretty good there. But where they have their issues is against the run and in their tackling. And um, over the last three three games the bills are ranked towards the bottom of the league in team tackle and dalvin cook is that dude he ranks ninth in the league in broken tackles and you know he could pot one at any time he's been on a tear bro uh, absolute tear with nine touchdowns in his last four games and three of those four games he's of course got multiple touchdowns and the splits almost right down the middle he's not just doing it on the ground he's got five rushing touchdowns but he's also got four receiving and with all that being said i think the vikings are going to go in i think they're going to i think they're going to beat the bills Regardless of of if Josh Allen plays, I got the Vikings winning twenty four to twenty three. I like it. What was yours? Uh, thirty one thirty Vikings, but to piggyback off of your so we, you, you lookout scoring one touchdown each more. Okay, go ahead, my bad. Uh, the piggyback off of what you were talking about with um, your standout players, I do agree with the Gabe Davis, but I do think. For the Bills, it's going to – I think for both teams, it's going to be Dawson Knox and TJ Hawkinson. The tight ends. Yeah, and that's only because with Josh Allen being hurt, you're looking to short game. I think Dawson Knox is – he's going to have to have a big game. Yeah. And I think TJ Hawkinson's – I mean, he's just going to find – he's going to make his, his legit Minnesota Vikings debut. Okay. His legit one. What, the last game wasn't legit? I was legit, but I'm talking about like a what game did he have with Detroit the uh, couple weeks ago? Oh, you're talking about a welcome to the Vikings type game, yeah. like like he's about to blow the fuck up. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Tom. It took me a second. Listen, you know I like the green stuff, and I was there before I got on this show, so some of the shit might take me a couple seconds to process. But best believe, I'm gonna catch up to you, brother. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Big game from T.J. Hawkinson. Tom Flynn, lock of the week. Stamp it. Stamp it. Minnesota Vikings plus three and a half. Lock of the week. Lock it up. Lock it down. That's it. Oh, I thought you were saying Hawkins. Okay, so you got the Vikings plus three and a half. I think that's a solid pick. I would agree there. I would agree. And with that, the Buffalo Bills are the safe play of the week. No, I'm just fucking with you. I think this is a good one. I actually agree with this one. Um. So, the Lions and Bears. 
Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh, my. The city of Chicago, bro, they're convinced that Jesus has been reborn and he is returned to earth as Justin Fields. I don't I know you're your friends with Cornell, just like I am. And this dude has said some wild stuff on his Facebook that I know you caught and I caught. And um, it's just it's just I've seen everything from he's a future. He's a future MVP, which I don't disagree with, but that could be future future not right now right and there was one where he said that uh justin fields is better than aaron Rodgers. and um while i know rogers is struggling i'm not ready to go there yet and i told this dude and he's from shot town so he might be a little blinded but uh i told him fields is trending in the right direction but i still want to see more and and most importantly it's not enough to just put up these empty stats. You got to start converting these into wins. I don't care about the roster. I don't care about the expectations. I don't care about them. Stri- when you're that good, win. Start passing better. Don't just run. Throw the ball better. I'm, I'm ready. I like Justin Fields. I really do. But I told him, bro, I was like, look, if you want that chance, if you want that claim to have a chance at growing legs of, of Fields over Rodgers, then – I need, like I said, I need more. One of the guys are coming off back-to-back MVP seasons, and the other one's coming off back-to-back good games. I wouldn't say great games. I would say, well, no, I would say in in terms of everything that he does, pretty fucking pretty great games. But give me the full season productivity over the two-game stretch. Do you you have anything on Fields and and Rodgers? Do you you think our boy is maybe maybe bumped his head? Or or is is there merit to what he said? Cornell's favorite words is calling him Aaron Fraudgers. It makes no sense. We've seen what Aaron does. He's a Super Bowl champ. Listen, he has nothing to say. I mean, Cornell just – listen, it's like it's like us with the Cowboys, Cornell with the Packers. I mean, Chicago hates Green Bay. And because Chicago hates Green Bay, everybody's going to suck for Green Bay. Yeah. Everybody's gonna be overrated. I mean, Cornell can't come to terms with Aaron Rodgers, still one of the greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen with our own eyes, one of the greatest mm-hmm. quarterbacks Cornell has seen with with his own eyes. <laughs> uh, Cornell, I hope you're listening to this, bro. If not, I will clip it and I will send it to you because I know he is gonna come after Tom. That's gonna be fun. I can't wait. But uh. <clears throat> so yeah, I was I was saying, man, he, he's he is he's leading the league's best rushing attack, and he's setting records in doing so. But I just need more in the passing game. He's he's Pro Football Focus's third lowest graded passer. The only quarterbacks he's above is Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. So I love to see the young man rumble. I want to see more. I need to see more to to really buy in completely and look this week's another chance for him to put up some big fucking numbers bro he's going against the lions and i've lost all faith in detroit i've said that and um they got a bottom three pass defense and a bottom five overall defense so it don't matter they could have the number one ranked defense which their defense their rush defense is much better than their pass defense just because their pass defense is so fucking garbage right but that that bears that bears offense kind of like the eagles last year they they've proven that they can run against anybody outside so, of Aiden. what happened outside of aiden hutchinson detroit stinks outside of aiden hutchinson detroit stinks i <laughs> i can't argue with that but while detroit does stink um 
Their offense is the lone bright spot of the team. They they come into the game with the seventh most uh, offensive yards per game, and they're twelfth in scoring. So they're they're doing something, a little something right. I mean, they've definitely put up meaning, meaningless stats though because they're still underachieving and they're two and six on the year. And now they are coming off a big divisional win against the Packers. They have another chance here to get over, you know, another NFC North rival and kind of creep their way back into a race for second place in the NFC North. I don't think anyone's going to catch Minnesota, but that could change. Um, This game's extremely winnable for them, and they might have a little extra juice going into this one coming off that big win with the Packers. Um, But let's see if they let us down again after we see a slim beacon of hope. Like I'm, I, I feel bad for the. We got some Detroit fan friends, and I want you know I want to see them have success. It's it's been it's been a long time, but I'm like I said, I'm out on the team. Um, for the Bears, my player to watch is Justin Fields for all the reasons I have already said, and then for the Lions, my player to watch is the old Philly boy, DeAndre Swift. Um, they need him healthy, and at his best, and when he is, this offense is is deadly. And I was looking, I didn't get confirmation. I think he's back. I'm pretty sure I put him in there because he's back. If he's not, then that would be a blunder on my end. But I can't be perfect. Um, my prediction is I got the Bears winning this one, 27-26. Close game. Close game. You got a score? Or did you 17 Bears. So we're, we're, we're in agreement. You just got more field goals. I guess two teams playing against each other. There's two turnover-prone teams too, though. So there's going to be – there's gonna be uh there's gonna be some 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 good field position. Sean said Rodgers is the most overrated quarterback in history. Favre is second. Green Bay is the most overrated franchise in sports. He is just going at Green Bay. I do not think that Rodgers is the most overrated quarterback. I think he's one of the more, you know, he 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 could have been that quarterback that didn't get a Super Bowl ring, but he got a Super Bowl ring, and that's big. So we can never hold that against him. But he probably has the most talented arm and, and one of the more unique skill sets. Um, you know, but but quarterback's not all about that. Sometimes you need to have a brain. That's why you see big paint, big forehead Peyton Manning was able to do it for so long. I still think he was a better actual quarterback than Brady. But Brady got the rings, so I can't I can't argue that no more. Brady's the greatest. And it's still Andy Dalton over Cam Newton, Tom. The red rifle. Remember the argument? What was that? The argument of 2014? Cam in his prime. Over Andy in his prime. Cam in his prime was a fucking monster. But Cam wasn't in his prime when we were talking. He was already past that Super Bowl. I mean, I'm taking an MVP of the league over the milkman's kid. The milkman's kid. (laughs) Win as McNabb with less talent around him. Donovan McNabb had talent. Do you not remember Freddie Mitchell? Fred X? <laughs> Freddie Mitchell, fourth and 26, talking about the Packers? Freddie was that dude. We had LJ Smith, Chad Lewis. We had some fucking ballers. I had a dude in – in. when did Chad Lewis retire, bro? I, I feel like Chad Lewis had to retire in, in like, maybe the early, like, the late 2000s. Disrespecting Hank Basket, brother. Hank Basket. Who – he married a – he married a porn star, didn't he? Did he? I don't that's, know. That's, he did. Damn, All I the, balls, the Hank Baskets wide open and McNabb threw the ball at his feet in the Super Bowl. Mm. 
Yeah. So Chad Lewis retired in 2005, and I needed that reference for we we had a fantasy draft. This was back when I worked with Frankie and um, Frankie and Benny, and we had a fantasy draft. And 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 one of the dudes that was in the draft, it was uh, like 2013, I think. Yeah, because it was when Nick Foles. It was the year that Nick Foles put up the seven touchdowns. I think that was 13. So that fantasy draft leading into that year. In 2013, a dude fucking drafted in the, in the like seventh round. He drafted Chad Lewis. Now Chad Lewis had been fucking retired for eight years at that point, bro. And this dude drafted Chad Lewis, and I think he was the worst fucking team in the league that year, to be completely honest. But uh, yeah, a little nugget for you. So we go into Broncos Titans, and you know, as the old saying goes, Broncos Nation, let's. Let's ride. I had ride, and, and my note changed it to red eye. So Broncos Nation, let's red eye. But uh, Tannehill back. <laughs> Is he? I know he's back was, at practice. He's back at practice. I, I I seen that they didn't they didn't like commit to whether he was actually playing or not. But uh, yo, we haven't seen the Broncos since October thirtieth when they beat the Jags in London. And at the time of the kickoff for this Sunday's game, it's going to mark two weeks of Denver not being on a TV screen. And uh, after that string of primetime games for Russ and the boys, thank fucking God. I think it's what I think it's what the what the nation needed. We needed to not see the Broncos for for you know a little two week span. I think it'll you know for me, I, I feel like Russ is going to come back. I feel like people people have just kind of given up and uh, you know threw the flag on them. But I'm happy that they got they were off TV for a little while. Um, and they're ready to travel to Tennessee and take on King Henry and the Titans. And the Broncos are not a good football team, at least not right now. They have losses to the Colts and the Raiders this year, and their wins come against the Texans, uh, the banged-up 49ers before McCaffrey, and the Jags. So it's like I want to believe in this team, but they show you nothing to make you think that they're worth backing. Russ is underperformed, and so is the offense, but they do have the league's best pass coverage unit, in my opinion, and that combined with a top 10 pass rush and a top 12 rush defense will keep them in any game against any opponent. The, the, the opponent, the question mark for that team is the offense and Russ. I just, I don't know if I could trust in them. And you said Tannehill's back this week? I just know he's back at practice. I don't know if he's, they didn't announce a starter yet, but I can't see Malik Will starting over Tannehill if he's healthy. I actually have that here, too. Like, I we threw the ball six times last week. Yeah, listen, I think I think I think Willis is the uh, quarterback of the future, but Tannehill, at least that's what they're hoping that he is. But Tannehill's the guy who's gotten them to the playoffs the last three years. Um, one of those were a trip to the AFC Championship, and when he gets back, I'm expecting him to you know to be the quarterback at least for this year. And um, I think that again, I think Willis is a year away from taking over the starting job, and. Uh, Tannehill's the pick here. And really, regardless of who's behind center, the offense is going to be run through Derrick Henry anyway. So because of that, the Titans are going to be the Titans are going to be favored in this game. Um how long can you run an offense through Derrick Henry? Until he gets hurt like they did last year. And and God forbid he gets hurt. I don't want him to get hurt. I think that Derrick Henry is is a beast. I loved I love watching that dude run, bro. He's on the roster. It's just guys like him don't last long. Yeah. So earlier when you asked me the fantasy question, Russ or Mariota, I picked Russ because I think that 
I think that this is going to be a bounce back week. I think that Russ has a lot to prove. There's a lot of I, I call it smut being thrown on his name. Uh, and, uh, you know, Pete Carroll came out and said there was a, an article about Pete Carroll being tired with the word they use was his shenanigans. Um, I think Russ is going to come back and, and I think he's going to ball out. I got Russ for, for Denver and I got, of course, Derrick Henry for the Titans. I think both are going to have a pretty big game. Um, but I just I don't know. I keep I keep I feel like I'm going to go into next week or even Sunday night's episode and I'm just going to see more commercials of Russ and I'm going to see a post game where he's all cheery. And and then they're going to like again, we're going to start seeing his commercials all the time and, and all is going to be well with Russ. Not really. But I think this is is this is where he if, if it doesn't happen, just fucking stick a fork in it. But uh, I do got the Broncos winning this game. Twenty seven, twenty three. Mm. The Broncos. Mm. Mm. What's yours? So What's I play. Uh, I play a pick and pull at work. You know that I play. I want it. And everybody clown me for picking Denver. I don't know if it's going to be a high scoring game. I don't know if it's going to be a low scoring game. But like you said, Russ coming off. Of a long bye week, I think it's. I mean, eventually he's going to have to fucking have a good game. Hopefully, and, I, mean, I understand Tannehill didn't play last week, but I mean Derrick Henry's on a roll. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you can never slander Derrick Henry, but when is it? I mean, I guess it depends on what who's playing. I mean, you can't really put like, Malik Willis could be the future of the Titans, but. It looked like I was watching an army game with only throwing the ball six times, and this is a pass. This is a this is a dominant passing league. I know you have Derrick Henry behind you. I mean, but throwing the ball six times, or I think it was six times, that's a little that's a little weird to me, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's an effective strategy. It's probably not one that they want, but you know, <clears throat> at, they had the lead. Point... So I guess since they had the lead, they I mean they could just run the ball, but. The fuck? What can Malik Willis do if you're down by a touchdown? Well, yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I, I think what they did was they, you know, they kind of just took the ball out of his hands, like you said. They 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 took the ball out of his hands, and they're just trying to win games, and they're just trying to, you know, secure these dubs. And and he played, he kept. Listen, they lost by three to the Chiefs, who I think is. Very, a very, very, I think everyone knows the Chiefs are a very good team. They're a Super Bowl contender and they beat the Texans. And I mean, they've, listen, they're on a little bit of a run here. And, and they're, of course, it's going to go back to Tannehill. And, and Tannehill got them rolling. He beat the Raiders. They beat the Colts. They beat the Commanders. They beat the, they beat the Colts again. They beat the Texans and then they lost to the Chiefs. So they got five straight before that, that one. They got the Broncos, Packers, Bengals next. And with Tannehill, I think that they, Really, they probably would be favored in at least two or the three, probably all three games because they're home against Cincinnati. Um, so this Titans team is is pretty exciting. But I Titans roll on the Titans roll on the Philly in what three weeks? They what? They roll on Titans roll on the Philly in three weeks, don't they? Yes, December fourth. Yeah, shout out to Robbie D. He's doing his. Uh, his bus trip down to the to the stadium. I think we're gonna tr- make an attempt to go. I may have spoke too soon. I think I told him yeah I could go, and then I realized we got something else. I do that shit all the time. But uh, anyway, the Jaguars and the Chiefs. 
is another game we got that we're looking at. Um, the Jags are coming off a big comeback win against the Raiders, which, bro, they were down 17 nothing before Trevor Trav and them boys flipped the game on its head, and they sent the real and Raiders to 2-6 and six and improving their own record to 3-6. and six. Trevor Lawrence had a pretty efficient game, bro. He went 25 for 31, right? He had one touchdown, and he had a six rushers for 53 yards. And his backfield mate, Travis Etienne, that boy just continues to show why Tennessee made the right – I mean, not Tennessee. I'm, I'm still caught up on the uh, on the Titans. Why the Jags made the right decision in shipping out James Robinson and, and you know, and keeping him. He's uh, He went 28 times for 109 yards and got two touchdowns. And this is the last game for the Jags before a much-needed bye week, and I don't think that the NFL could have been any ruder to them. They couldn't have got a tougher draw than the Kansas City Chiefs team that is really starting to take form. They've won four of their last five games with that one blemish against Buffalo. Uh, they have the third highest rated offense in the league, according to PFF. And they have a defense that, you know, it's looked much better as of late. And Juju's becoming a nice uh, second punch in the pass attack as he's totaled 22 receptions, uh, 325 yards and two touchdowns over his last three games. And he's currently he's currently in the best run of the season. Last week, he got 12 targets. He caught 10 of them, and it seems like Mahomes is starting to look for him more and more, and he's responding. He's he's going across the middle. He's being physical. It's it's Right now, it's him and Travis Kelsey. Are, are, they're just killing it, bro, and it'll be interesting to see what he could do against the Jags defense that despite having a, a, a pretty decent pass rush, they struggle against the pass. It's, uh, I'll, be, I'll be keeping my eyes on that, man. I want to see, see if Juju can continue doing what he does. I mean, Travis is going to do what Travis does. Who ETN? Huh? No, no. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. Yeah. There is not a single soul that can stop Travis Kelsey. Besides Travis Kelsey. Besides Travis Kelsey. And even then, I don't know if Travis Kelsey can stop Travis Kelsey. I know who can stop Travis Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. Jason, Jason Kelsey. <laughs> facts. Absolutely facts. But speaking of Travis, I think that I'm going to flip it to the other Travis for the Jags. Uh, Travis Etienne. I'm going to keep watching him until he gives me a reason not to. He's just a – that thing's a home run waiting to happen. And and I want to see him continue to have success and really solidify that Jags, you know, backfield because Dougie P's there, right? I like uh, I like Trevor Lawrence, and and I want to see – you know, I want to see the Jags have a little bit of success. That would be cool. I like I like the teams that have been down for a while to kind of regroup and, and be competitive. And I think that ETN is a key to that. And for the, and, and for the chiefs, I know I talked a lot about Juju, but the player I'm really, I'm really watching this week uh, when I'm, when I rewatch the games and, and when I look at the stat line, I'm really watching for Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Now the a big reason why is because he's on my fantasy team and we miss him. Uh, we hope he's doing well and we would love if he could come say hi to us and maybe help us out a little bit. But, uh, Bro, he went from scoring five touch- touchdowns in the first four weeks and producing like a top 10 fantasy running back to looking like he's in danger of losing more touches in the backfield that's consistent of Jarek McKinnon and Pacheco. My boy Pacheco, the young buck. And he's second in snaps to McKinnon, but he's number one in touches. So so McKinnon's on the field more, but Edwards Alaire is getting more touches. He got 29 more than McKinnon and 40 more than Pacheco. So he's still the one touching the ball the most out the backfield. And because of that, I think he's going to have a pretty decent, you know, he needs a get right game. We always call him get right games. And I think this is one where he gets right. And um, 
I'm 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 hoping he gets right. I got I got the Chiefs 38. I got the Jags. I want to be respectful, but I really don't think the Jags are going to do much. A uh, 20, 38, 20. I think it's a big lopsided game. It should be a lopsided game. Who are you rolling with? You're you're taking the Jags for the top uh, Tom Flynn lock of the week. No. Oh no, the Tom Flynn lock of the week is presented by me. Oh, fuck it, I'm presenting it. It's uh, Minnesota Vikings plus 3.5. We need to get a sponsor for that. But in order to do that, Tom, I do need you to get them right. Because if not, we're going to produce them as the Tom Flynn lock, and then we're going to put in little parentheses, fade. I mean, after last week, you might as well do it now. It's been like, it's been like, I remember them Sippo days. You, you, you have some, you have some nice ones, though. But, um, so we got... We got the Browns and the Dolphins. Uh, who? What was your score for the KC game? I didn't have one. But hey, give me a score. Forty-two thirty-one, KC. Forty-two thirty-one. Okay. So you got okay. You got them putting up some points there. The Jags. The Jags are gonna put up some points. All right. I like that. I got. I don't think I have anyone on the Jags, but whatever. Um, puts up some points. Who? Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, that boy Kirk. I think he can. Um, so we've got the Browns and the Dolphins. <clears throat> and the Brownies are one week away from reintroducing quarterback Deshaun Watson to the sports world. But in his absence, and, and for this week too, Jacoby Brissett, man, I think he's been great, honestly. He had – he's – listen – He's managed his way with the help of that beast in the backfield named Chick, Chick Nub, is what I was about to say. But Nick Chubb is what I meant to say. Um, they've led they've led Cleveland to PFF's number one graded offense at eighty two point seven. That's better than Philly. It's better than Buffalo. Casey, it's number one. Rate graded, like you know you you know what that means. You got the reports too. But uh, now a lot of that has to do with the Russian attack getting the number two. They're 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 rated number two rushing attack. So so they're kind of getting it, they're getting it where where Brissett's kind of just protecting the ball and being safe. And Chubb is just he's fucking shit up. I'm gonna call like I said, Tom. Nick Chubb is is I think he's probably all around. I think he's the best running back. I mean, I can never I can never shit on dudes like again like McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, but there's just something about Nick Chubb, bro. I think he's I think he's a fucking beast. Look, he even, he even took more touches away from Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, it seems like that team is kind of done with him. They're just going to – I I always – listen, I, I play Kareem Hunt in a lot of DFS, Daily Fantasies, the Sunday ones. Um, and I just have – he's always been successful as that second running back. He would have some games where he'd only give you maybe six or seven, but there were games where the motherfucker was putting up 20 consistently, 20, 30s. Like, he was just due for an explosion. Almost every game, it felt like. But not this year. It's not working. It's backfiring on me. And I got to find a new strategy. And that might just be to rock with Nick Chubb. But um, <clears throat> back to Jacoby Brissett. He's quietly, bro, he's quietly putting together a very respectable fill-in half season um, as he enters what is most likely his final start of the year with 1,862 yards. He got seven touchdowns and five interceptions. Now, they're not blowaway stats. But he does have a QBR of 61 and a half, and that ranks him seventh in the league in that category. He's sitting against, he's sitting ahead of guys like Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, 
uh, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers in QBR. And um, I feel like this game is his last chance to show a potential future suitor what he can do. And he should be able to put together a solid performance against one of the league's worst pass defenses in Miami. And that defense isn't really that good in Miami, right? But it's the offense that gives them the edge in this game and pretty much in every game. They got the league's most exciting offense. They got the best wide receiver tandem in the league right now. And I think they got the league's most dangerous passing attack. How do you, you feel the same way? Is is Miami top in offense for you or you got somebody else? I mean, they got the best duo in, in football right now. I mean, that's not even – that's literally not even a question. No, I don't think anybody's going to argue that. It's still super fucking weird watching Tua throw with a left hand. <laughs> and it's watching him do it. It's pissing you off watching him do it. What, just because he's lefty? Yeah, it's like everybody when you play mad and they switch him from lefty to righty. It's just not normal. It doesn't yeah. work. You said in Madden switching the quarterbacks to lefty. Shout out my boy Brandon. He does that with everybody in the uh, Burr Gang Madden League. Shout out to Burr Gang Madden League, too. They're a big reason why we're we even got the confidence to do this, do this show. A lot of those guys, we, we've been doing content and shit like that for them for years. And uh, it's, it's a great I know you don't like Madden, but the Madden League that we built, bro, it was pretty was fucking pretty game. dope. Brings out the worst in me. It's because you stink. You ain't lying. I'm not. I don't tell lies, bro. I sometimes exaggerate the truth, but I'm not going to go ahead and tell a lie. But listen, um, I'll, I'll take time to look up stats. I ain't taking time to look up fucking glitch plays. Hmm. But uh, this Cleveland defense, bro, in this game, going up against that Miami offense, they they really haven't been that good this year. And they got like a you know they got a respectable pass rush, um, but they got a very middle of the pack pass defense, and it's not going to be enough to keep up with Miami. If this game's going to go Cleveland's way. I think it's going to be a game where Joe Mixon breaks the Dolphins defense. And maybe you try to, maybe you try to get, um, maybe you try to get, did I say, did I say Mixon? I did say Mixon. I got Mixon in, in, in my sights here. But uh, Nick Chubb, Mixon coming off that five touchdown performance, he's just <laughs> thinking of Joe Mixon. But Nick Chubb is the motherfucker that I was talking about. And um, if it's going to go Cleveland's way, bro. Chubb's going to have to break the Dolphins defense and maybe by the doing that you limit the number of times that the Dolphins offense sees the field win the time of possession let Nick Chubb or let let Joe Mixon on the Cleveland Browns run wild Jeff Wilson Jr. baby you think Jeff is you think Jeff is a player to keep your eyes on yeah I mean they have to what do they do to run about I don't know what defense they're gonna run, but they're gonna be in a lot of cover. I mean, you got to do everything you can to to stop fucking Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill from. Listen, you ain't stopping them regardless. You're just gonna try to contain them. Don't let them behind you. You have to let everything in front of you. I mean, you and a lot of people forget Mike Gesicki's still out there, but I do think mm-hmm. I do think it's a Jeff Wilson Jr. game. Okay, uh, so my player to watch for the Browns is Chubb. And a big reason for that is is the Browns the Browns uh, or the Dolphins up front are a little respectable. They're not they're not worse than the league. Um, they are pretty fucking bad. I'm trying to be nice. They're pretty bad. But uh, Nick Chubb combined with the league's number one rated rushing rush blocking offensive line. You give me them two against a Miami defense that really again is very underwhelming. It's it's a 
it's a flaw on that team. I think Nick Chubb is going to run wild. And uh, on the other side, I mean, the offense, as, as much as it goes through Tua and maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. is the catalyst this week, I'm going to always rock with, most of the time, Tyreek Hill. And I want you guys to try to watch him if you can. I know that's going to be... I know it's going to be tough. He's mostly a blur on the field with that speed, bro. Every time I watch this dude, it's just like it's like Mighty Mouse is just fucking hopped up on something, and he's just fucking running circles. That dude is so fast. It's crazy. But I see a huge day coming from Miami passing game, and I think Tyreek Hill is going to lead the charge. And with all that being said, I, I do think that Nick Chubb's going to have a big game. Um, but I feel like there's going to – I feel like the Dolphins are going to win 34 34- 26 it's going to be one of those where the, the the browns might have the ball late with a chance to go down and and get two but they can't run no more and jacoby Brissett maybe maybe doesn't step up to the task but uh we'll see we'll see who do you got winning that game 38 31 miami okay so you got miami i got miami all right that makes sense so we got the uh and these ones are I didn't really want to talk about this game, but I have to show respect to them. The uh, Texans and the Giants. And uh, the Texans are coming off Thursday night football loss to the Eagles, in which they didn't look terrible. The uh, Davis Mills and then they, they had a solid first half, but they just fell apart in the second half. And then the Giants are coming off the bye, and they have a very, a very, very, very winnable game staring them in the face. And if they want to keep pace with the Eagles and the Cowboys in the NFC East, they're just going to have to handle business here against the Texans. Um, but with that being said, like the Giants are very average across the board on both sides of the ball, right? And the only place where they really excel is the rushing game. Danny Dimes is a pretty good running quarterback. Saquon, that guy, he's he's having a bounce back season and he's leading the charge there. And as average as they are, they're facing a team that's very below average on a defensive side, but they got a pretty good uh They've got a pretty good running attack on that side, so they could maybe hold the ball a little bit more, just like I said in the last game. And uh, rookie stud Damian Pierce uh, is is balling out. That's going to give him a chance. And they got a really good special teams. And you know what they say, bro? Special teams win wins games. It's not defense. It's not offense. It's the fucking kickers and punters. And 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 the Texans are pretty are, are pretty decent there. But with all that being said. In true New York Giant fashion, it doesn't matter if they're playing the best team in the league or the worst team in the league. They're going to be in another one-possession game, but I got them winning 20-16. to 16. Yeah, I don't know. I do got the Giants winning. I don't think it's going to be a one-possession game. I do think Saquon Barkley is going to have a big, big game. He's healthy. He's feeling good. He knows that team's on his back. Houston's defense is not good at all. I do think Saquon rides it to the end zone and Giants win by double digits. Okay. All right. We got one. We got two, three. We have we have three more games, and then we get to get into our power rankings. So we'll <clears throat> we'll get through these and we'll get that power ranking. So we got the Saints and the Steelers. And the Saints are heading to Heinz Field to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers and quarterback Kenny Pickett, who brings his tiny hands and his two touchdown to eight interception split into this one. And the Pittsburgh offense, like the rest of the team, because this dude even affects the offense when he's gone. Um, when TJ Watt doesn't play, man, they're a very basic team. 
They're below average in almost every facet of the game. But luckily for them, TJ Watt looks ready to make his return. And when that dude's on the field, they're like I said, they're a completely different team. They're one and nine all time without him um, since they've drafted him. And they can't be. I know they they got to be. He's got to be chomping at the bit to to get out there. And uh, I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting, <clears throat> I'm expecting something big from him. And uh, New Orleans doesn't have the best offensive line. Let's be real. I, I looked at the numbers, and and the numbers just don't support them being able to stop T.J. Watt. And that dude, again, he's he's gonna be like, I got him. He's gonna be like a caged animal coming out. And um, even if he can have a half decent game, like Kenny is what I was trying to say with the half decent game. If Kenny Pickett could come out and just be a game manager, have a half decent game, don't try to do too much. They got a real shot, Pittsburgh, and, and I'm down on Pittsburgh this year, but I think that they got a good shot at winning this game. And on the flip side, the Saints, they're led by the Red Rifle and what Tom believes to be my favorite quarterback of all time, Andy Dalton. And they're going to need to get Kamara in this game because I'm not backing I'm not backing Andy Dalton no more. This isn't, again, this isn't 2014, Tom. But um, I don't think that. He's gonna have much time. I think TJ Watt's gonna get him a couple times. Uh, look for look for Kamara to get going in the Russian in the Russian game and maybe some short passes to try to get the ball out quicker and, and neutralize Watt. Um, what do you think on the game? Do you think that TJ Watt's gonna wreck this game, or does our does our draft pick suffer another? Our draft pick is actually and ours is the Philadelphia Eagles. Our draft pick is actually sitting at number seven right now. Do you think that the Saints are going to pull out a win and kind of fuck us over a little bit? Listen, go Steelers, baby. Mm. But if anybody, like, I would the same thing I would have said last week. I'll say the same thing this week. If anybody, like, coming in, New Orleans playing Baltimore, now the Saints playing uh, Pittsburgh with Andy Dalton, if anybody knows the Ravens and the Steelers the best, it's Andy Dalton with his Bengals days. But, mm. uh, Alvin Kamara, he's got to get he's got to get going. Um, but I do think, I mean, the Saints' defense is still good. That front line is still good. I do think, I mean, Najee Harris isn't doing anything. They don't have Chase Claypool. I mean, you're going to be relying on Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Pickett can't get him the ball. He cannot get him the ball. He can't get any of his receivers the ball. He's giving the defenders the ball more than he's giving the receivers the ball. Hmm. I mean, Again. listen, like, the full ratio. Every you throw, I mean, listen, you throw one touchdown, you're throwing four picks right afterwards. It's insane. That's the breakdown there. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not. But I'm not. Gonna, I hope. Go I do hope Pittsburgh pulls this game out. I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game because I don't think Andy Dalton's anything special. And unless unless Alvin Kamara can get going. It's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a close, surprisingly close game, and I, I hope Pittsburgh pulls it out. But I mean, the Saints, the Saints should win. So we have. I'm looking. I'm looking live. There's seven minutes left in the first half of the Thursday night football game, and it's three nothing. So it's it's again the juices are flowing. I'm I'm hyped right now. I will not turn this game. Oh, and the Panthers are starting at their. At their three yard line, so this is a promising looking drive. I'm gonna flip that over to the Sixers and see what they're Cordell doing. Patterson, three carries, six yards. Deontay Foreman, ten carries, forty three yards. 
Let's go, Foreman. Well, starting tonight. If you want to win the game, run the ball. Tote the rock, baby. All right, so back to the Steelers, Saints. Um, the advantage in this matchup for me is going to be Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Um, I'm taking Tomlin coming off a bye over Dennis Allen. I think that the head coach matchup in this is going to be in favor of Pittsburgh, and I think that's going to I think that's going to somehow rear its head rear its head here. Don't ask me why. I just think so. Um, for the Steelers, I got two players to watch. I think Najee Harris, you said that he hasn't been able to do much. He's averaging 3.3 yards per carry. That is dog shit. Um, so we're, I'm looking to see if he can do something. And on defense, of course, I've talked about on the whole segment. Uh, TJ Watt. But for the Saints, I think it's going to be Chris Olave. Now, I do think that Alvin Kamara is going to get his. but And I think that's a – like you said, if they want to make this, if this is going to be a good game for the Saints, they're going to need that. Um, but who's going to play second fiddle? And I think it's going to be Chris Olave. He's going up against Cameron Sutton, which should be a pretty good matchup. But Olave, he he's just at a point where he has to produce in this one if the Saints are going to be able to pull out the dub. Um, again, unless Kamara just completely shreds their defense, which he's, of course, he's capable of doing. But um, the Saints need a second guy to step up in this one. And I would love to see it be Alave. I think he's been pretty decent, and I think you know, I think that uh, this is a game where he could ball. I you said this was going to be a low scoring game. Yes, I agree. I agree. I'll go. Uh, I'll go sixteen, sixteen, thirteen. This is seventeen, thirteen. Yeah, I'm gonna go sixteen, thirteen. I, I, this could, put up points offensively. I hear that, and I'm not gonna argue against it. All right. So here's another game that we might not want to preview, but we're going to do it anyway because we're dedicated. Colts, Raiders. <laughs> um, both teams, they've been – really, they've been big, huge. I have huge, bold in bold letters, and it's fucking italic, so it's like kind of slanted to the left here. Um, yeah. But they've been huge disappointments, bro. And barring a tie, one of these teams are going to have to win this game. And I think they both could find themselves in a position where they – they just deserve to lose. That's how bad these teams have really played this year and how, how again, how uh, much of a disappointment they've been. The Raiders are coming into this one fresh off a monster first half in last week's game. First, the Jags have seen Derek Carr and Devontae Adams remind people just how deadly that offense could be, right? But it was short-lived as they got shut down in the second half. They fell victim to their third 17-point blown lead of the year. And this test, listen... It's this isn't going to be this isn't I don't see this as a as a get right game for the Raiders because the get right games. I usually feel like this team should win and they should beat up on this team. I don't see that happening. I think that this is going to be. I, I think that the Raiders are in a whole lot of trouble. Um, the Raiders O line, they're allowing a plus 30 percent rush rate. Now, I'll be completely honest with you. I seen that stat somewhere and I'm not really sure what it meant, but it fucking it sounded really bad. Nah. So <laughs> plus 30% rush rate is is it's it's like they're, you know, pretty much to say their their offensive line ain't doing what the fuck they should. And their quarterback's under a lot of pressure. Um and the Colts, bro, they just fired Frank Reich, which again we 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 kind of all seen coming and offensive quarter offensive coordinator Marcus Brady in the last two weeks and just Saturday we talked about it. He steps in and he's gonna get his first crack at running the NFL squad. Now I asked you earlier if he would rock with Sam or go back to Matt. You said Matt. I think Matt. And uh he was seen back in practice with Indy this week and JT's back in practice. Um 
in more of a limited role, but it's looking like he's going to play. And when he does, he could give that Colts offense a much needed boost. And uh, it's got to be something that Colts fans can hope, you know, they're hoping that the team could just do something. Maybe they can improve, win this game, improve the four, five, and one on the season. I'm not sure. It's it's going to be a battle either way. Um, but my player to watch for Indy is going to be Jonathan Taylor. I think that he he was twenty he was twenty twenty one's lead leading rusher, and he's on the verge of a comeback. The the Colts are waiting with open arms, and he hasn't put up the numbers this year like he did last year, and he's only found the end zone once so far, but it's only a matter of time before he gets back to form, and let's be real, just the threat of him in the backfield is going to give Indy life, right? And on the other side, I got Josh Jacobs that I'm watching, and he's come back down to earth, bro. In his last two starts, he he remember, he was on a wild three-game stretch where he had 444 or I keep saying four. It's 441 yards, and he had six touchdowns. And the Colts are allowing the second lowest yards per carry, which means Jacobs could be in for a tough day. But, again, it's one of those players that I need to see something from. You can't go missing three weeks in a row, right? And I say missing because he had, again, he had that three-game stretch. And now his last two games, he's been pretty fucking quiet after we highlighted him last week. And, um if the Raiders are going to salvage this quickly sinking season, they need Josh Jacobs. They need Devontae Adams. They need Derek Carr. They need their coach. They need everyone to just step the fuck up. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that they don't. I think Matt Ryan comes back. JT comes back. I think that in a feel-good story, the Colts get their – they get Jeff Saturday's first win, 23-21 Colts. Uh, I mean, last, last episode, you put Devontae Adams on the milk carton in the first half. This week he came off the milk carton. In the second half of last week, he went right back on the milk carton. He's currently still in the milk carton, and he's going to stay in the milk carton until apparently he can play four fucking quarters. Because mm. I don't know what happened from the. I mean, obviously we know it's he, Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing the ball, but I don't know why Derek Carr can't get him going. I mean, the way that he went, the way that he wanted to go to Vegas. You would have thought they had the most, the best chemistry in the world. I mean, best friends since college, best friends off the field, best friends on the field. I don't know what's wrong with Darren Waller. I mean, they, I know they put him on the IR, but I don't know why. I mean, I he was he was out there doing absolutely nothing when he was playing the first few weeks. Uh, Vegas defense is not that good. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the Colts are just like I said. Jeff Saturday has nothing to lose. I don't know if Matt Ryan. Listen, if Matt Ryan, we know JT changes the game. If Matt Ryan plays, the Colts have a chance. If Sam Ellinger plays, Colts do not have a chance to win at all. We are off the same boat. That was a quick. That was a quick. How many pass attempts was it till he made his first completion? A lot. I know he he threw for like 103 yards, and it was just all bad. That that was the quickest sinking boat I think I've ever seen. 103 yards, and he had over 20 passing attempts, and Malik Willis had six passing attempts for 80 yards. Well, I mean, who are you taking, Malik Willis or Sam Ellinger? Oh, of course, but I'm just saying this is a passing league, like – you can't play in the NFL unless you can fucking complete passes. It's that simple. What do you want them to do? Andrew Luck retired five years ago, bro. 
That's their fault. I mean, they, they fucking they, they ended Andrew Luck's career because they wouldn't fucking get blockers around him. Hey, they put they man. Put, uh, there was times where that man said he couldn't walk. Big Q was there. Nah. Um, yeah. Walk. Listen, you're, you're listen. You're, you're, you you your bias towards the Colts is amazing. Me. Yes. I'm what, going. Think, hold up. Go ahead. Vegas is beating Indy this week. What? Vegas is beating Indy this week. You are tripping right here, right now. And we could we could do something. Here we go. I was waiting for something like this. What makes Indy. you think Vegas? What makes you think Vegas is beating Indy? What have they shown you to make you think? Don't get me wrong. I'm on the same boat. Vegas is not good at all, but they're the better team. Where? What do you mean? They have the better quarterback. Their car is way better than Sam Ellinger and Matt Ryan right now. I mean, we have a this ain't this ain't a prime time Boston College Atlanta Falcon losing the Super Bowl, being up twenty eight to three. Matt Ryan. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> All right, I'm saying Matt Ryan put up twenty eight points in the Super Bowl against the Pats and then coming back and winning. This isn't that Matt Ryan that can put up them points. So that means it isn't th- that Matt Ryan that's going to blow a 28-3 lead. So he's a little bit better. Nah. Um, listen, I'm not I'm not going to die on the Matt Ryan hill, but I am going to – I like Indy's defense. Um, I like Indy's defense probably a little bit more than I like the Raiders' offense. Uh, the, the defense hasn't been the best, right? But – Stephon Gilmore has been pretty good, and he's going to be on Devontae Adams. So, and he's a vet. I I think that JT run, runs wild. I think Matt Matt Ryan is back, and I think he he protect. He, it's his first game back. He's going to be focused. He he got benched. There's a new coach. He's going to be hyper focused, which means he's going. I feel like he's going to protect the ball. That defense is gonna is gonna is gonna contain. Sean, thank you. There's no Darren Waller. There's no Hunter Renfro. They they weren't winning with Waller and with Renfro. It doesn't make a difference. It does make a difference. Do you think they're going to lose? Now they're not going to. Listen, before they were blowing 17-point leads with the guys. Now they're only going to blow three-point leads because they're not going to be able to get up 17. Listen, they had a 17-point lead last week. It's a big game for them. They're at home, right? They're, They're in Vegas. Josh, stay there. I got you. The Colts, the Colts are just not a good team. I mean, Vegas isn't a good team neither. Don't get me wrong, but Vegas is the better team. I think the Listen, I'm putting all the faith in. I'm putting all the faith in your boy Devontae Adams coming off the milk carton this week. We'll see. Hey, uh, we got we got Josh. Josh was in earlier. He asked the question. He said, "Hey guys, first time, long time, Josh. We appreciate you, bro. Uh, my question is, can we take Tom Brady breaking records seriously? I think he's talking about the hundred thousand records." 100,000 yards. Uh, can we take Tom Brady breaking records seriously, or do we really got to look at total games to stat? Hmm. I mean, are you? I think. I think what he's getting at is is Brady's breaking all these records, but he's he's just playing so much more football. So is yeah. it? Is I mean, listen, the best ability is availability. And that motherfucker's exactly. available at 45 years old. I'm not gonna knock him for it. I don't care I don't if he plays. So. I don't care if he plays till he's fifty. If he can stay healthy, he can still sling the rock. He can still win games. 
that's 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 him taking care of himself. Do you think he plays till he's fifty? No, I think he's done. I think this might be his last year. Maybe he plays another year. Maybe, but I do think this is his last year. I think that I've I've always had Tom Brady's career and the New England Patriots for the last twenty years. It's been a story, right? It's been like a book. It's like he was the backup that nobody wanted or that nobody believed in except for Bill. And he got the start and then he got taken back out and then he got put back in. Tuck rule, the all the Super Bowls, the breakup, the 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 divorce, the breakup is I'm talking about with the Patriots. Um it is it's it's been a story, and I feel like the only way to write the story, write the story off is he goes back to New England and he plays this season. Now, I do think that he could – I think this is his last year in Tampa. I don't think he's back with Tampa regardless. Unless they won a Super Bowl, I think he's done in Tampa. But I don't know if he's going to go to a team. Like, I thought he was maybe going to try to creep back to Miami, but it looks like two is, you know, nailing shit down there. Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones ain't doing shit. And, and it would just be too much of a feel-good story. He was at Robert Kraft's wedding, and now he's, you know – there's a chance that that dude could be back there. I wouldn't write it off, um, but I want to get into the into our power ranking, so we'll do that. Adams balled out last week. Aaron, you're right. He did ball out last week uh, in the first half. He disappeared in the second half, and that's when they lost. So I'm not. I can't. I like to see him active last week, bro. But I can't give him too much love because he's a big reason why his team he disappeared and his fucking team lost and they blew a lead to the they blew a 17 point lead to the to the Jags so I can't give Devontae Adams too much love the first half bro you asked Derek and Tom I was in the group chat like I was wrong I was wrong I was wrong like I took it but then the second half I was like I was right I was right I was right and now we slapped his ass I called the search party back on there's four quarters in football not just two there is there's three quarters in football like Tom said um so last last game the last game we got here, and we're gonna look at Sunday Night Football uh, on Sunday's episode. But we got the Cowboys and the Packers, and this game's a little bit interesting. I think it's more interesting than people are probably thinking, right? But Dallas is heading into Lambeau in Week Ten, and they're gonna take on the Packers, who are sitting four and a half games behind the Vikings. And I think it's four and a half. I think they're the one that in second place. Regardless, they're a minimum of four and a half games. They might be a little bit more at this point. Um, but they're they're pretty far behind the Viking Vikings and Green Bay could be on life support here. Rodgers threw three picks last week, uh, and that loss to Detroit. And there's really nothing that this Packers team has going for them right now. They're losers of five straight. Rodgers is not looking like the back-to-back league MVP that I called him earlier in the show. And uh, Aaron Jones and so many more stars are banged up for the Packers. Right? They just lost Rashawn Gary for the season. It looks like Eric Stokes, Stokes is right behind them as they both land on the uh, IR this week. But they still bring a defense who could get after the quarterback. Even with some of those injuries, they still got some guys that can produce. And they're going to have their chances against that Dallas offensive line, which isn't, which isn't what we've come to expect from a, you know from that team, having that great offensive line for all those years. Uh, the Packers can get after it. And they also have a defense that's going to – overall, they're pretty decent. So it's going to keep them within a puncher's chance. And then on the other side – you got an extremely balanced Cowboys offense that features two solid options at running back with Zeke coming back and a quarterback who's still working himself into the 2022 season, to be honest, and he's looking pretty good doing it. Uh, at Stack, of course, he's hitting some high percentage passes. Uh, he's he's up above 70%. I think he's at like 74% completion for the last two games. And um, 
between him playing safe, letting the defense ball out, and 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 welcoming those running backs into the mix, it's a it's a it's a formula for success. And if Dallas continues that, I think that's their best pay. Um, I guess my question, or not even my question, what, what do you think on this game, Tom? You have the best defensive player in the National Football League, and Michael Philadelphia Phillies fan. Sorry, Tom. Philadelphia Phillies fan. Go ahead. Micah Parsons, when when Dak was out, he won you games. I mean, single-handedly changed the outcome. Listen, and I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to see if you if you understand what I'm saying because these fucking assholes in Sipo tried to, like, clown me for this. You ready? Let's hear it. You watched, it. You watched the Eagles-Cowboys game. You've seen what they were doing with the read option everything with Micah Parsons, and you've seen how – he couldn't get by Lane Johnson. Mm-mm. Lane Johnson randomly goes out with a concussion at halftime. Michael Parsons starts getting quarterback pressure, completely changes the game. The whole game literally changes around because Michael Parsons starts getting pressure. He drops back. He almost gets that interception, but he kept getting. I got. If you look at the stats, he had more quarterback pressure in the second half than he did in the first half. Right. So all I said was the the game completely changed. When Lane Johnson went out. Yes or no? Yeah. I remember that. Literally, they kept trying. They, 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 nobody understood what I was saying. Michael Parsons is a complete game changer, no matter who you're playing. And he's going to be all over Aaron Rodgers' ass come Sunday. All over his ass come. All over. No pause? No pause. Playing. He's going to be all. I mean, unless Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball out in under two seconds, he's going to be. And he has no receivers to do that. Yeah. He has no. T- I don't know what Robert Tunyon's doing, but anyway, Micah Parsons is going to be all. I mean, whether he did, I mean, he might not get the sacks, but he's going to get the hits. He's going to get the hurries. He's going to get the quarter. He's going to. Aaron Rodgers is going to be on his ass multiple times with Micah with Micah Parsons fucking all over him. This just in. Michael Parsons is going to be all in Aaron Rodgers' ass. All in it. All in it. All right, so. Listen, I'm a big go pack go, baby. I hope they blow Dallas out. Blow. Blow. <laughs> Fucking blow. Blow him out. Fuck the Cowboys. Michael Parsons is a complete game changer. He's already the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Or defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Already, I he already won He's just—you can't say there's. I mean, there's only one negative thing you can say about Michael Parsons, and he's a cowboy. Yeah, that is a pretty negative thing. I will agree. That's the only negative thing you can say. He—I'm not going to say that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, I just have nothing else to say besides watch out for Michael Parsons. That's all. Okay. All right, Michael Parsons is the game changer. I agree, and I know what you're talking about with the Eagles thing. I understand what you're saying, but I've also been fucking talking sports with you for the last 25 years, I would say, and uh, since we were, you know, since we were children. So I kind of understand your thoughts and your lingo. Like I, I know what you're gonna say before you say it. So I won't take nothing away from those guys. Maybe they're just fucking idiots. They probably are. I love them though. I love each and every one of them. Um, but check this out. So you got. 
Dallas, like I said, they're 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 very balanced. They're doing their thing. Um, but there's one guy that's been missing. He's my player to watch this week, and it's tight end Dalton Schultz. Now, I don't usually go to tight ends, right? Uh, tight ends aren't the big difference makers, but Schultz was third in PPR points last year. All right. He's a uh, he's he's a favorite target of Dak. And while Dak was out, Schultz missed week three with a uh, with a knee injury. But then he he combined in the next three weeks with Dak out. He's seen eight targets. This was with Cooper Rush. Eight targets total. Just two catches, 18 yards. And that was in week four, five and seven. And with Dak back in just two games, he has 12 targets. So he has four more targets than he's seen in three games. He got 12 targets, 11 catches. And he has 123 yards. And him and Dak, man, they got a thing for each other. And when Prescott's the quarterback, Dalton Schultz comes alive. I think that he's got a chance to put up a pretty, you know, pretty big game here. And then for the Packers, I think I said this last week. I was dying on the hill with him. And I'm going to go back to the hill because he's healthy. Or at least they say he's healthy and he's going to play in this game. Aaron Jones. It's obvious to me that the Packers, man, they're not, or at least they shouldn't be, a primarily pass-first team. They're missing key guys at wide receiver, and their quarterback has looked honestly very pedestrian this year. And when they run, but when they run, they look good. They got the third best rushing grade on PFF. And if this Dallas defense, like I think I said it earlier, if this Dallas defense has a weakness anywhere, it's in their rush defense. They're allowing 4.7 yards per carry, and that puts them tied for 10th worst in the league. So if the Packers can get the ground game going, right, they may be in business in this game. This may they may be in business and. And for the other side, I just did matchups to watch for because I think I think or, or no, I also did uh, matchups to watch for, which is CeeDee Lamb versus Jair Alexander. I think that's going to be a hell of a battle. You got Rodgers versus the pressure that Dallas's defense brings. They got the number one um, pass rush defense in the league. And while Micah is the driving force of that defense, it's actually Dante Fowler who got the highest individual pressure rate percentage in the league and then on the flip side the packers the pressure the pressure that they're going to put on Dak, they blitz 36.9 percent of the time bro that sits them at third highest in the league um and it's it's up to Dak. i mean we know rogers is going to perform under under pressure like he's he's getting pressured and what was the I, I i looked it up here he uh he leads the league in big time throws btt he leads the league in big time throws under pressure he's got it's he, he's hit 12 percent of them he's uh he's got 10 he's number one over anybody else by like three so i say that to say when the pressure's on and and it's bearing down on him he hits some big time throws and you know we're gonna have to see if Dak can do that i really want to see aaron jones get going in this game um i think dallas does win to be completely honest um 27 24 but i wouldn't be surprised if green bay pulls this one out simply because aaron Rodgers is that dude still i believe and he got to show up at some point right He does. But like I said, Michael Parsons. Who wins the game? Did you say it already? Dallas wins. Score. You got a score now. Yeah, 31-26. Ooh, okay. All right, so let's jump into something that we've been excited to do, and um, that's our our top ten rankings of the NFL. We're going to go in reverse order, and I promise you, it's going to create afterwards. I'm going to put it up on a post, but it's going to create some chatter because I know my rankings are a little bit unorthodox. But we'll start with Derek. Derek, not with us today, but he's got his top 10. And maybe when he comes back, he'll get a chance to explain. But at number 10, he has the Seattle Seahawks. 
Tom, who do you got at 10? The Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, okay. Why do you got the Chargers at 10? Sitting at 5-3. and three, missing, They're missing key players like Joe Boza, Keenan Allen, J.C. Jackson, Mike Williams, and somehow they're still finding ways to win games. Austin Eckler has just found his way to get going. I mean, in the beginning of the season, he had off to a slow start. Justin Herbert's finding ways to get the offense going to win games. I know it was a barn burner against Atlanta, but at the end of the day, he was throwing to your boy, Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, Austin Eckler got going. And I think when they get guys back like Keenan, I think Mike Williams is out, but I think Keenan Allen's questionable. If they get <laughs> Tim, Timlin, if they get uh, back and they get J.C. Jackson back, I mean, that team's going to, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win a division because that division's tough, but I mean, three wild card spots, they can get into the wild card and at least win a playoff game or two. I feel that. I feel that. Um, so <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, before I start and give my number 10, I just want to say that I have two replacement teams and they're just sitting here ready to fucking pounce. Right. And past36.fun just posted my private party, my private photo here free. So I think we're getting spammed, Tom. I think it's on YouTube. I think that's a good thing. I think if we're at the point where we're getting spammed, that means people are watching. Um, but my replacement teams, they're on the fringe. You could sit them at 11 and 12 are the Chargers that you just said and the 49ers. And mm. I want to have the 49. I am all in on the 49ers, bro. I think their defense is crazy. It's spectacular. It's one of the better ones in the league. I think their offense is just fucking loaded. And I want to have them in the top 10 so bad, but they are four and four. And the New York Jets at number 10 are six and three. So I can't take a team that has six wins and put them below a team that has four wins, even though I really fucking want to. And I got the Jets at number 10. Um, and this is coming off the heels of a huge victory last week over Josh Allen and the Bills. This team is young. They're scrappy. They're not easily shaken. I think that their pass defense is second best in the league. I got them second. Um, I got, I think it's, uh, I have Denver, Jets, Philly. Um, but look, they give up a lot of yards. So if you're just looking at stats, you know, you might not agree with me. But if you listen to me, maybe I can, I can fucking convince you, right? They give up a lot of yards, no question. But they're tied for second in interceptions with, I think it was 11. Um, and they've given up just nine pass and touchdowns, which ties them for fifth least in the league. So I can accept the yards, right? You can give up the yards, but when you're creating turnovers and you're limiting touchdowns, you're, you're not giving up touchdowns, you're giving up field goals. That's going to help your team win. And because of that, the Jets, the Jets got a nice defense. Offensively, they got a lot of work to do. Zach Wilson needs to play better. So do his receivers. But, hey, the Russian attacks look pretty good all year, and I didn't expect this team to be here. Like, I don't expect this team to be here for long. And um, But they're here, and they're going to stay there until probably next week when a couple of these other teams win and they lose or whatever happens, if, even if they play shitty. All right, number nine, Derek got the New York football Giants. Tom, who do you got at number nine? The New York Jets. Oh, you got the Jets at nine. Tell me why. 4-0 on the road. Yeah. Hardest, the hardest places to win are on the road. 4-0 on the road, led by rookie sensation Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. And beating the Buffalo Bills is obviously their, probably their biggest win since fucking Mark Sanchez, and they went to the AFC Championship game. I mean, you're talking about a team that, has won six. Has won how many total games in the past ten years? They're already six and three. Tight. Uh, no, they're in second in the division, I believe, behind the Buffalo Bills. 
Um, and now they have the head-to-head over the Buffalo Bills, beating Buffalo at home. Now they have one more job to do is to beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Now the only issue with the Jets are they do have a tough schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. But a big win coming over. I mean, I know they was a 40 to 17 against Miami against the Miami Dolphins. I know that was about two is still putting up 40. I mean, the the Dolphins, like you said, have a very, very bad defense. But still being able to put up 40 points on the Dolphins and still holding them to only 17 points, still with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Uh, I do have the New York Jets at number nine, and it's pretty fucking crazy to even have the Jets in the top 10 spot anywhere. And above those charges you love. Um, so my number nine team was actually moved right before we went on. Um, they moved down from number eight to number nine. That's the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I know a lot of people are high on the Ravens. I'm pretty high on the Ravens, but there's there's just a couple things holding me from putting them a little bit higher, and I'm going to get into it. But uh, a large reason I have them so low is the injuries. I talked about it earlier. Um, they just – they just can't stay healthy, bro. I feel for them. They have 10 players on the injured reserve right now, 10 active players, right? And that accounts for 9.4% of their salary cap. So these are big-time guys. These are guys that are getting paid. When you when you have that and you're missing 10% of your salary cap, you're missing 10 guys, it's, it's too many big-time injuries combined with a lack of offensive talent surrounding one of the league's best young quarterbacks. You're just not going to have a good time with that. Um, except... The Ravens are figuring out a way to have a pretty good time. They're six and three on the season. They lead the AFC North, which, considering the circumstances, it's all Ravens fans could really ask for. Lamar is doing the damn thing in the air and on the ground, and he's impressed me to the point where I think that the Ravens are going to be upset that they didn't sign him before the season because his price is only going to continue going up. And over on defense, they're not the vaunted Ravens defense of the 2000s, but. They're good enough for this team to have a chance to beat any team in the league. They'll likely be in the same spot next week as as they are on a bye now. And by the same spot, I mean in the power rankings. But out of that bye, bro, they have a favorable, pretty favorable schedule. And uh, they got a chance in these next couple of weeks to really kind of distance themselves and, and try to run away with the AFC North. Um, so number eight on Derek on Bless Gibson's top ten. We got he got the Baltimore Ravens, so he got the Baltimore Ravens uh, sitting at number eight. Who do you got at number eight? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, I don't like this. Tell me why. I'm ready. To Sitting at six and three, uh, they do have the the most explosive offense, literally in football right now, with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, led by Tua. Running back is still. Mm, that they can get a run game going anytime. Defense, listen, they're <laughs> six and three. They're getting, they're scoring twenty four points a game while giving up twenty five points a game, and somehow they're still winning games. They find their way at six and three. The only issue is that division is with. I mean, somehow everybody's winning in Buffalo, the Jets, Miami, and New England. Somehow. All, all fucking four teams are winning, so only three teams can make... I mean, all four teams technically there can make the playoffs now. I don't know if they will, but I'm going with a team that can score points on offense, that has Tyreek Hill. Any team that has Tyreek Hill always has a chance. If they can get somehow tighten up that defense, somehow at all tighten up that defense, they could be a scary team. 
I think you are giving them too much slander, too much disrespect having them at eight. But this is why we both have different. This is why all three of us have different power rankings. Um, I believe uh, I'm going to get into the Dolphins. I'm going to get into the Dolphins. Uh, might have to wait a little bit, though, for me to get into the, uh, to the Dolphins. Uh, my number eight team, I got the New York football Giants. Um, they're six and two with a head to head victory over the Ravens. Right. So there's no way that's that's that was the that was the the move. I had the Giants at nine and the Ravens at eight. And then going through my notes, I was like, wait, no, Ravens lost to the Giants this year. And there's no shot. I'm putting them over a team again. Ravens six and three Giants six and two. They got the same amount of wins. Giants just had their bye week and the Ravens lost an extra game. Um, And that extra game was that head to head. So for me, I got the Giants at eight. I feel like um, Baltimore might be the better team. But again. You see why I can't put them there. The, the G-Men have played, you know, in mostly all one possession games this year, and they're 6-1 and one in those contests. The other loss was by 14 to Seattle. And honestly, with how they're playing, it's not really looking like a horrible loss, but it is holding them down in my rankings and in my mind because as good as, they, as they've played to get the 6-2, and two, I still really don't believe in them. Um, Saquon is a dog. He's he, You know he's probably, to be completely honest, he's probably my favorite running back in the league. Um, but it's it's my main reason for not believing in, in New York is their quarterback. Danny Dimes is just too inconsistent for me. It's like they get really good play out of them, but then they get really bad play out of them sprinkled in, and it's just like it's he's again, he's too inconsistent. Pro football pro football focus has him graded as the 24th best starting quarterback. Two hit or miss for me. Outside of that, I really do like the Giants team, and I like them enough to sit them at number eight. Um Number seven, Derek has the Jets. So you're getting some New York love up at number seven. Who do you got at number seven, Tom? The Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Okay. So they have pretty much on the same track. According to PFF, they have the fourth best offensive line in football. And I'm a big offense and defensive line guy. I'm a one, I'm a big offensive line guy. You win games, I will keep saying it a hundred times over a hundred. You win games in the trenches. They're protecting Lamar. They're doing what they need to do with Lamar. They're letting Lamar get out of the pocket when he needs to get out of the pocket. They're winning games with absolutely a complete depleted offense. Completely depleted. They are technically on their third string running back who was was he did, did, going into the season, was Kenyon Drake even on Baltimore's roster? Uh I think you I think he might have been. I think he was. Well, be- between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards throwing the ball to Devin Duvernay now, throwing the ball to Deshaun, Ro- Deshaun Jackson, and you have Mark Andrews here, that defense is playing great football. I mean, they lost Kyle Fuller to start the season. That was a big loss for them. They lose. They lost Marcus Williams, Michael Pierce. I mean, that defense, they're losing key pieces on that defense, and they're still winning football games. Despite the game against Miami, the, the the issue, the only issue with Baltimore right now is the second. Is they're playing two. Is playing four quarters of football. They completely shut down in the second half against the Giants. They shut down. Giants come back and win. They against Miami. They were really up twenty one points against Miami. Miami came down and won that game. If they if they were able to play four quarters of football, they would be literally sitting at eight and one right now. Yeah. I agree. I'm very high on the Ravens, but I have to be low on them in the rankings because of what they've done. 
And and a lot I told you earlier when we talked about what, you know, these rankings kind of how to structure them for me, you structure them however you want. But for me, it's 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 what have you you know, what's your record? What have you done? Um, what do I you know, what do I think you're going to do? And and a lot of it is who you've beaten and how healthy you are. And, um, you know, they're they're You got them in a good spot. You, you got them in a good spot. We got them at eight. Me and Derek both got them at eight. No, I got them at nine. Uh, Derek got them at eight. You got them at seven. So, so we're 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 in agreement that they're in the top ten, but they're towards the the lower half. Um, my number seven team is the Seattle Seahawks, and they are the surprise team of the year with Geno Smith, who's still not writing back. I'm gonna keep using that until he writes back. Um, offensive and defensive rookie of the year candidates: Kenneth Walker the third and Tariq Woolen, and a squad that is just on a tear recently. Winners of four straight. Gino is sixth in the league in passing yards. He's fifth in touchdowns. He's fourth in QBR. He has the Seattle offense humming, sitting at eleventh in yards a game, in yards per game, and a rush attack placed at seventh in yards per game. What is that translated to? They got the second highest scoring team in the league and and uh, points per game. And I say that because you know I, I put all that out there because their defense isn't you know. They're not going to be the one winning the many games as they're near the bottom of the league in defensive in, in all major defensive stats, honestly. Um, either Geno is going to have to keep balling or that defense is going to have to step up and, and flip a switch and see if they can, you know, get a run, keep that run going because they're on a nice run right now. Their schedule, though, it's starting to beef up as they're staring at the 12th hard, the 12th toughest schedule remaining in the league this year. And uh, I'm not expecting this team to stay in the top 10 for too long with Tampa. Um, you know, still the Super Bowl defended champs, still the Rams, the 49ers and the Chiefs in four of their next six meetings. But, hey, I didn't expect them to be here now. So we're just going to have to wait and see on that. Um, moving on to number six in our power rankings. Derek has the Miami Dolphins at six. Who do you got? You ready for this one? Nope. The San Francisco 49ers. <sighs> A four-win team sitting right outside the top five. Tell me why. Listen to me. The worst thing they could have done was start Trey Lance to begin the season. I understand why they did it because he was the future of the team, or they thought he, or at least they thought he was the future of the team. Jimmy G is not a great quarterback, but he's going to get. He's going to be able to win you games. He's going to be able to put the ball where the ball needs to be placed. But when you have a team now that acquired Christian McCaffrey, who can literally do everything, and he's proved it. He can catch touchdowns. He can run for touchdowns, and he can literally pass for touchdowns. You got a Debo Samuel who is probably, if not the best playmaker in football, whether like can do it all. Then you got a tight end like George Kittle who can block and block and block. And if he can get going in the offense, who's going to stop? Who's going to stop a team like uh, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and even Brandon Ayuk who's having a great year right now? And then the defense, I mean, they did lose their cornerback, uh, Jason Everett. I know he did, or Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett, who just tore his Achilles, I believe, today at practice or yesterday at practice. Yesterday. That's a big loss for him. They also have Samson Ibukam. Ibukam, baby. Ibuhu? (laughs) Ebukam. Ebukam, Arik Armstead. Them guys are just showing up. On the uh, injury report, not saying that they're not going to play. But the 49ers, like you said, you have the 49ers that could possibly go to the NFC Championship game. Like you said, the Vikings are going. 
a team that a team's going to sit at six that can make the NFC Championship game. They're going to make noise. Come, they're going. The Forty Nine is going to be a good football team. So I follow suit with you. I do have an NFC team sitting at six, um, but it's not the 49ers. I think the 49ers could be better than this team, and it pains me to put them anywhere close, but it's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they've been they've been impressive, honestly. I, I was expecting, you know, we were all expecting kind of kind of a slide from them when when Dak went down, but they didn't. They sit at number six in these rankings, and they're coming in, they're coming out of their bye week at six and two with a loss. Opening week against Tampa, and then they lost, of course, to us in, in week six in uh, in Philly. With We won't hold it too much against them. They did have Cooper Rush at the helm, which at the time was uh, the savior of the Dallas Cowboys. But <clears throat> this team hasn't really looked the same uh, offensively this year as they did in previous seasons. Um, they have the sixth worst pass attack. They got the 15th best rushing attack and their 14th best in points per game. Tied at 22.9 with the with the Raiders. And um, honestly, I don't think it matters because the real talent on this team is on defense. They're 10th in the they're tenth in the league in yards per game allowed. They're third in total points allowed and points per game allowed. PFF has them ranked as the best pass rush team, and so do I. Um, they got them as the third best pass coverage team. And when you combine those two, the best pass rush with the third best uh, coverage team, Bro, you're gonna get you're gonna get a team that's tied for eighth in takeaways. So they take away the ball. They're opportunistic. Again, they got Micah, they got Trayvon, they got Dante Fowler, Fowler who's just been on a absolute tear. Um, and they're protecting the ball. So the offense may not be blowing people away, but they're efficient. They're they're protecting the ball. They got the third best turnover differential in the league at um I think they're at a plus six. And um, that's the recipe for success in the league. They can make huge strides in the next three weeks as they battle Green Bay, which I'm expecting. I'm, I'm expecting them to win uh, Minnesota, who's going to be a test. But that's for I feel like that's for the NFC's number two seed. Really? That's a good matchup there. And they got the Giants. So they got to beat Green Bay. And then they got Minnesota and New York, who I got both of them in the top 10. So Dallas got a schedule. If they make it through the schedule at three and oh. They're going to get a lot of love from me, even though I fucking can't stand them. And I want to burn it for people that don't know. I have a Dallas star tattooed on my left leg um, and I want to burn it the fuck off. But uh, I got to give the team credit where it's due. I promise I would be unbiased in this. And and they're balling. They're balling. I think that if they win all three, they might creep into the top three or four of, of my rankings uh, in the coming weeks. But <clears throat> moving on to the top five. Again, we got. Number 10 for Derek. It, it, it Derek's list, 10 to 5, is Seattle. Number 9, the Giants. Number 8, the Ravens. Number 7, the Jets. Number 6, the Dolphins. Tom got number 10, the Chargers. Number 9, the Jets. Number 8, the Dolphins. Number 7, the Ravens. And number 6, the San Francisco 49ers, which he's given a, a little too much love. And number 10, I got the Jets. Number 9, I got the Ravens. Number 8, the Giants. Number 7, the Seahawks. Number 6, the Cowboys. And... At number five in Derek's top ten rankings, he has the Dallas Cowboys, which I'm sure he would agree with a lot of the things I just said. Um, but where do you see – or who do you got at number five? Dallas Cowboys. You got the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, why? Two words. What are my two words about the Dallas Cowboys? Micah Parsons. Is it? Is it Michael Parsons? Micah 
Parsons. Listen, you have a ball hawk. You have a ball hawk. Ball hawk. I can't cornerback like Trayvon Diggs, who's always going to go out there attack the ball, or he's going to go out there for the hit. You have Demarcus Lawrence, who's playing out of his mind. Dante Fowler, who's playing out of his mind, and you have, I mean, Leighton Van Der Esch is doing his job, and you have Micah Parsons, who is, who is other than Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in the National Football League, and it bothers me he's a Dallas Cowboy. And he could have been an eagle, but I'm all completely fine with uh, Devontae Smith. The trade worked out perfectly for both of us, unfortunately. Okay. But Micah Parsons' offense is going to get rolling. The good thing about the offense, well, about their offense, I mean, they have CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, uh, Dalton Schultz. The other thing is, is they don't have to rely on Zeke anymore. Zeke's not even the best running back in their backfield anymore. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, Ezekiel, he's going to get the starts because of his name. I mean, that's not a question. Mm-hmm. But Tony Powell, I mean, we, we can all agree Tony Powell is probably the future running back for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Zeke's only declining right now. He's still going to get your goal line touches, but he ain't going to get you down to that goal line right now. It's all going to be Tony Power because he could do more out of the backfield. The thing with Dak, though, is I think Dak a lot plays scared. I don't know if it's because of I don't know now if it's because of his ankle. I mean, he's, if he can get himself outside the pocket, it's just the team. I don't know. They're a good football team, and I hate to say it like you said, but I, I mean, everything you said, you touch base on everything. Uh, but their defense, I mean, like they say, defense will win you championships. I'm not saying the Cowboys are not going to win a championship, but I'm saying their defense, their, if their offense, like you said, does not turn the ball over, they run the ball. Like Again, they don't turn the ball over. That's the most important thing on offense is do not turn the ball over. They can ride the defense coattail. Ride that shit, baby. All right, so number five, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. <clears throat> I, uh, I do. I got them at five, and they're sitting at number five, and I hate having them there for real. But at the current moment, it's where they need to be. Mahomes is the MVP front runner. Um, he leads the league in passing yards. He leads the league in yards per game. He leads the league in passing touchdowns, and he's second in total QBR. And despite them having, you know, really a non-existing rushing attack and a pretty stinky defense that, you know, PFF has them ranked as what is it? They're the fourth best team in, in overall performance, but their defense is really weighing them down. Their, their defense has been better as of late, but their defense hasn't really been, you know, been that good. And um, I'm just – I'm high on the Chiefs. I'm high on the Chiefs, I am, but there's just the teams in front of them I think I'm a little higher on, right? They got big wins. They got big wins against teams like the Chargers, the Bucks, 49ers, the Titans, but they lost their head-to-head to Buffalo, so I can't put them above Buffalo, right? And they had that doozy of a loss to the Colts. You can't forget that. And that is looking worse and worse with each week. That twenty to seventeen loss to the Colts is gonna—that's the stain on their on their season. Unless they go ahead and and they win it, you know, they got to win this whole thing and go on a little run. Maybe they do with Josh Allen being banged up. But um, I expect them to jump in the rankings in the coming weeks if they're able to continue winning. And I got no problem moving them up to the top three, four, and and pass Buffalo. They can pass Buffalo even with a loss against them because. They are that goddamn good, and Mahomes is 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 just that dude. All right, number four, Derek has the Minnesota Vikings. Who do you got? The Minnesota Vikings. 
Okay, so you and Derek are both in agreement. Can we make it three for three? Tell me why you got Minnesota at number four. Tell me why you and Derek have Minnesota at four. They're just a good football team all around. I mean, you're putting too much on last week's game against Washington. I'm not saying – I'm not you specifically. A lot of people – I'm not saying Washington's a good football team, but they're not a bad football team. They have a stout defense. Uh, Kirk Cousins still came up. They um, I mean, any team where you have a guy like Justin Jefferson, who's arguably one of the best receivers in football, you have Dalvin Cook, you have a decent offensive line, you have a good defense – and you have Adam Thielen on the other side, who's always going to be reliable. I mean, when you when Justin Jefferson is not going, you're always going to have Adam Thielen to go for you, right? And then you have a, you have a decent defense led by Eric Kendricks. I mean, Jordan Hicks, who led the who led the where well, he lead the NFL in tackles when he was in Arizona. Yep. And then you have guys like Darius Smith. I mean, Patrick Peterson's old. We're not going to talk too much to him. But hey, Harry, he's He's seasoned. Listen, he, he, <laughs> all right, he's seasoned. Then you got guys like Harrison Smith, who, who is it? Like I said last week, five minutes after you said Heineke's the future, he throws the pick to Harrison Smith. Mm-hmm. That's still the game. Yeah. The Vikings are a good football team all around. The issue with the Vikings is Kirk Cousins. Whether It depends on each week and, each week and in and out which Kirk Cousins shows up. That's it. I hear you, bro. I fucking hear you. And this is where pandemonium starts for me in my pa- in my power rankings. This is where I feel like I could get some heat. But I promise I bought the fucking heat to support my claims. At number four, I have the Buffalo Bills. Um, Josh Allen's hurt. And I think that that is going to play a big role in the rest of their season, even if he doesn't miss time. Um but I got them dropping to number four this week after losing to the Jets in a game in which even when he was healthy, quarterback Josh Allen did not play that well. He played like doo-doo, and, and he got injured, and he, like I said, he may miss some time. Now, I'm going to try my absolute best not to hold any losses against a team missing their starting quarterback, right? So, I, you know, there's a couple teams that have missed their star quarterback that I'm not punishing for. And um, I know this is a team sport, but that quarterback is a catalyst, and we got a lot more, you know, for that. But – uh he, he's got a chance, to, if he plays, to, to kind of make up for that game against the Jets. But until then and right now, I'm just – I got I love I – like, I do like the Bills. I love Josh Allen. Um, but I got to call it like I see it. Um, they lost that game to the Jets. I did cut them some slack for the loss against Miami. Miami was rolling. Um, and I thought, hey, you know, even the best slip up once in a while. But then they showed and proved to us – you know, again, that as good as they can be, they still got their flaws and and they're creeping towards being known as that juggernaut that can really beat up on everybody, but they can also shit the bed. And that tends to show up in the playoffs. And, and that's what I'm worried about with this team. Um, they have no they, they, they lost a game. They had no business losing. And for that, I dropped them down two spots from last week. I would have had them at number two, but I dropped them to number four. And, um, you know, they're, they're number one in total team offense and they're number three in offensive yard or no, they're number one in total team offense and offensive yards per game. They're number three in points per game. 
Their defense is fourth in yards per game allowed, fourth best. They're fifth in uh, pass defense, sixth in rush defense, and they're first in points allowed. So they've allowed the lowest points. They're plus one in the turnover differential, and they got key wins over the Rams, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. But their two losses have come to the hands of the AFC East. And I'm not ready to keep a team at number two that is just not – they're showing me that they're not winning games. Uh, well, not, not that they're not winning games, but they can lose a game to the Jets at any time. Um, so number three, and that brings me to number three for Derek. Derek got the Bills at number three. And um, where do you who do you got at number three? The Kansas City Chiefs. All right, I figured you were going there. Okay. I mean, a team like I mean, a team with Patrick Mahomes is always going to win, no matter what. I mean, depend no matter who you throw out there, they're going to win. Losing Tyree Kill, though, I don't care what anybody says, is a big loss for Kansas City. It takes speed off top. We're not going to compare Nicole Hardman to him. Um, and they seem like they really haven't lost a beat. Picking up, uh, I don't know how much, picking up Juju Smith-Schuster was a big pickup. I don't know. How, I mean, Nicole Hardman's getting a vibe. Picking up Marquise Valdez getting. I don't know how much Cadavius Kade, Tony's going to be involved. You had it right the first time, Cadavius. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy. I mean, I... To this day, I don't think he's played a full season. I think he's been hurt every year. But the biggest thing with them is their defense. Somehow they're still winning games, and they don't have a great defense at all. I mean, I honestly, other than like Chris Jones and Carlos Dunlap, I can't think of any other top guys on their defense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really, um... I don't know. I mean, I I couldn't even tell you who all their – I mean, Trent McDuffie. I mean, I know he's a rookie, but, I mean – that's the that's one of the starting cornerbacks as a rookie, and somehow uh, they're at six and two. They're going to win a division, and they're going to. I mean, they're they might be the best. They might lock up number one seed, and I mean, they need to lock up number one seed in AFC. And with Buffalo, depending on what happens with Josh Allen, it's it's only anything negative happens with Josh Allen. It's only going to play in the favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, of course, and I and I. Uh... I could tell you how they're how they're in the position that they are. It's because their defense has played a little bit better as of late since that Buffalo game. They've they've definitely stepped it up even slightly. But it's 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 their quarterback. Their quarterback's leading the MVP race, and he got that team fucking moving for real for real. My number three team is the Miami Dolphins, and that's where you had them ranked at eighth. Derek had them at sixth. I'm given now. That is going to come back. This, what I'm about to say, is going to come back. So I want to make sure I do a really good job of explaining it. The Miami Dolphins have not lost the game in which Tua started and completed. They lost the game that he got hurt against Cincinnati, and they lost his next two starts. With Tua in where he plays a full game, they are a perfect 6-0. and And um, their season has been three wins, three losses, three wins. It's been it's been like an NBA basketball game, just like a, a game of runs. And um, look. Despite losing three games, I got them sitting at number three. And why? Because all three, again, all three of those games were without two, were without two. Even though the game they played against Minnesota, they did get great quarterback play from their backups. Mm-hmm. Um, they still lost, and and Miami is rolling with their duo of Hill and Waddle. They are so fun to watch, and I'm sure that the NFL was not ready to see these two speed demons light up side by side. Both receivers are in the top five in yards, and Tyreek is on Tyreek Hill, of course, is on pace to amass 2,000 yards receiving. They're fifth in total offense, they're first in passing offense, and they're tenth in points per game. While their defense, in my opinion, is a bottom ten unit, maybe even bottom five, um, who stinks against the rush and the pass. 
And they're tied for second worst in the league in takeaways, which is seven on a year. But that offense is so scary at times that it just looks like it doesn't matter what the defense does. Um, they'll be able to outscore any opponents if, if they're firing on all cylinders. And uh, as like I said, as bad as their defense has been, they seem to step up in, in, in like the important games, you know, and, and they show a little bit of life. Week one, they held New England to seven. And week three, they shut down a high-powered Bills team. I think they held them to 19 in that game. And uh, that was at a time where nobody, you know, this was still fresh in the season, all the hype surrounding Buffalo coming into this year. That was in a, that was a time when nobody could see anybody slowing down the uh, the Bills and Miami was able to do it. Their quarterback's legit. Their coach is aggressive. And their track stars can run, bro. And I'm buying into the hype. I got a very hard time putting it, again, putting them at number three with three losses. But they beat everyone else penciled in. They they beat the guys behind them. They, they who did they beat? They, um... They beat Buffalo. They beat Buffalo. They beat Baltimore. Like they got some good wins, bro. And and for that, I'm all in on them. I got them. At, I got them as as topped as the uh, ranked as the top AFC team because of again the injuries to uh, to Josh Allen. And I think the Chiefs are going to have something to say about this. They can make me eat my words, but for right now, I got Miami at three. Um, so Derek has the Chiefs at number two. Who do you got at number two? Before I say number two, I just want to know how you have a team that's not even going to win a division at number three. Because Josh Allen has the same injury, well, very similar injury injury to the one that sidelined our MVP from throwing a baseball for fucking the last six months, bro. That's a pretty big injury. Dolphins are not going to win that division. Let's see what Josh. Let's see what happens with Josh Allen. I think that again. But I do appreciate your number two. I do appreciate the love on your number two team. Yeah, I mean, you could kind of, you could kind of play elimination. I, but go ahead. Who's your number two team? The Buffalo Bills. Okay. They are the they're the best team in AFC. The best, of course, depending on the Josh Allen situation. But that defense hasn't even once that defense gets healthy. When you got a healthy. Traymond Edmonds, you got a healthy Tredavious uh, White, Jordan Poirier. That team is unreal with Von Miller, Ed Oliver. I mean, that defense is stacked from the defensive line to the linebackers to the cornerbacks to the safeties all the way through. I mean, they run a ferocious, a ferocious 4-3 defense. I mean, they get pre- they're gonna they're going to get pressure. Von Miller is going to do his thing. Von Miller wants to win. It's and then their offense led by, of course, Josh Allen. Depending on, I, I, before I made this, I could have swapped them out because of the Josh Allen incident. Like I said, I do not think, I personally do not think he's going to play this week. And if he does, I'll be surprised. And he's going to be very limited, and maybe he's not going to play the whole game. But regardless, Josh Allen will be back this year, no matter what. If he takes three, four weeks off, he will be back. He'll be better than ever, and they're going to win the division, and they will be in the AFC Championship game. I, I I I agree. I think that I think that the Chiefs are the one team that I think is guaranteed to go because they could beat both Buffalo and oh absolutely. And Miami. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, right now, I have Miami a little bit higher. Just because- I'm not mad about. That. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to give you some slander about having a non-division winning team number three. You don't know that. Oh, Buffalo, I know. the t- 
The team you got winning that division is 0-2 in that division. They lost to the Dolphins and the Jets, and they just got their quarterback. 0-6 in that division. They end the season with more wins, baby. I don't think – how do you know that they're going to? Again, you keep saying – I guess technically you don't know, but they're going to win that division. Listen, listen. Linda, listen. We'll help him. Case Keenum ain't doing fucking shit. They better call Andy Dalton or Cam Newton back. I'm begging Josh Allen playing and not being and and being healthy. Listen, I I could see them dropping some games. Um, I, we went there. Listen, I, we got our opinions, and and I think that Miami has a very good chance at winning that division. Uh, but we'll just have to see now. Again, Miami got the head-to-head so far. There is another matchup, but we got to wait for that. Um, so my number two team, you got Derek, got the Chiefs, you got the Bills, I got the Vikings. I got the Minnesota Vikings, and and this is where I think people might disagree with me, but I got a decent little thing here to to. I got Nuggets, and number two played number three. Vikings played the Dolphins, and the Vikings did beat up on them, or not? Not they didn't beat up on them, but they did beat them, and that was without Tua, but. I got stats. But uh, anyway, Minnesota Vikings are my number two team in this week's power rankings. Icy and swagged out Kirk Cousins got his team rolling. And they just find, you know, they he got them rolling. They find ways to win these games. And each and every week, again, they're winning despite posting some less than favorable stats like being 15th in total offense, 24th in rush yards per game, and uh, defensively being eighth worst in yards per game allowed. They're sixth worst in pass defense. It just seems like all doom and gloom, right? Now, the bright side is that they're eighth in the league in points per game offensively. They got the 10th best rushing defense. And most importantly, they are at a plus six in turnover differential, which sets them at fourth in the league. I actually think they're, they might be third. I think they're, I think they're fourth, and then Dallas is tied at second with somebody else with plus seven. But they got plus six in the turnover differential. Um, and the defense, man... The defense, they bend, but they're not breaking. The offense isn't the prettiest, but they protect the ball. And and that's just what's happening right now. When you combine those two with a non-primetime Kirk Cousins, you're going to pick up some wins. Now, if they want to stay in this spot, they're going to have to improve some of their deficiencies because six of their eight games this year have been one-possession games, and that's just not a recipe for success in a league that is literally decided by inches each and every week. But for right now, this team is just finding a way to win games, and with the exception of Week 2 in Philly, they have been spectacular. And to kind of make up for the Philly loss, they again, I mentioned that they did beat my number three team in the Miami Dolphins, and I know that Tua didn't play in the game, but let's not act like the Dolphins weren't for real, for real, first half, they weren't dominating that game because they were. There was a point that the time of possession was 18 minutes to six in favor of Miami, right? And then the defense had held Minnesota to four straight three and out drives in the or it was like four straight three and out drives, yeah, in the first half. And Minnesota trotted out Skylar Thompson, and then he wound up leaving the game, and Teddy Bridgewater came in. And them two combined for 385 yards and two touchdowns in Minnesota's game against. Miami, which of course didn't have Tua. So they got 385 yards, two touchdowns from from the backups, mostly Teddy. Uh, now, Teddy did throw two picks. I, I don't want to leave that out, right? But the first one, which led to a field goal by Minnesota to end the half, it should have been caught by Jalen Waddle, and it wasn't. And Harrison Smith, who, who you've talked about a few times here today, made one of the one of the crazier and more improbable catches you would see. They were laying on the ground. It was like the ball was like going off of both of them. Um and 
that offense that killed that drive, and then that offensive drive was preceded by one in which Teddy puts them in field goal position, right? And the kicker misses. So now they got Jalen Waddle who drops a ball, turns into a pick. Teddy puts them in offense in 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 um in position to kick, get three and kick a field goal. Tua doesn't play kicker. They miss three points there, right? Um, and then Mike McDaniel's in the third quarter. I think it was it was fresh out the third quarter. Um, he decides to try a fake punt, right? He decides to f- try a fake punt on his first drive out the half, and it got stuffed by Minnesota. And while that didn't lead to any Vikings points necessarily, it resulted in their next offensive drive starting at their own 14-yard line. And then the one after that started at their own 12, and then the third one from there started at, like, their 19. So that one decision, it was like he made that decision to punt the, or to fake the punt, right? And then – his team got his team got stuffed and it created a short field. And while his defense was ball was stepping up and, and slowing Minnesota down, every time they punted the ball, they were starting backed up at the 10, backed up at the 12, at the 15. At the, like you can't do that when you have fucking when you have backup quarterbacks in. So I put a lot of blame on him. Um, but that decision, like I said, that decision was was preceded by a couple of things that just went against them. And on a drive and on a drive late, in which it looked like the Finns were driving to take the lead with less than five minutes in the game, right? They were only down, I think, six at this point. Teddy hits Waddle across the middle. They're driving. There's like four minutes and some change left. Teddy hits Waddle across the middle, and he fumbles. He gets stripped, and that not only did that kill that fucking drive where where. Now the Dolphins are driving to take the lead. And again, Tua could have thrown the same pass. Tua doesn't fucking catch the ball and run afterwards. So Waddle is, is, is the catalyst for that turnover. He was responsible for, in my opinion, two turnovers on that game. Bro, that killed that drive. And then on the just a few plays later, Dalvin Cook takes it 53 yards for a game-winning touchdown. So I say all of that to say that that game was not lost on the back of those quarterbacks. Skylar Thompson and Geno Smith, um, Geno Smith, um, Teddy Bridgewater, they put together a hell of a game. They did. They, they fucking – I won't take nothing away from Minnesota not having to face Tua. They won that game, and they're my number two team in the rankings this week. And, you know, I'm not saying that I expect them to stay there forever or, or even maybe pass the next couple of weeks. But they're there for right now, and it's 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 where I got them. Oh, and PFF has them as one of the only two teams that has a 99% chance of making the playoffs. The other one is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and with that, we're down to our number one team in which all three of us are unanimous on the Philadelphia Eagles. Tell me why you got the birds there. The number one ranked offense of line in the National Football League. <laughs> I like how you did that. I was like, offense. I like the, the offensive line is giving Jalen Hurts nothing but time to look downfield, nothing but time to look left, nothing but time to look the middle, nothing but time to look the right, and nothing but time to get out of the pocket and look at the run game. Look at Miles Sanders. Look what Miles Sanders is doing this year. Even uh, fucking Kenny Gainwell. The Eagles are, are ranked are fifth in total points this year at 225 total points. Their, their defense is playing on real. Defense is completely healthy besides Jordan Davis going down and Avante Maddox, but they are ranked fourth in points allowed at only giving up 135 total points in eight games. Mm. 135 points in eight games. I like it. 
Jalen Hurts did nothing but work in the, did nothing but work this offseason, worked his ass off, and just think about acquiring guys like fucking AJ Brown, acquiring guys like I mean one of the best edge rushers in Hassan Reddick, who's all over the field. Good boy. Huh? No, no, I'm just I'm just being your hype man. You said Hassan Reddick. I said Hassan Reddick. Temple, right? Temple on, baby. Another one. Gardner Johnson, who is playing out of this fucking world. And he's taking it personal because of that bullshit that happened in that fucking Saints game. Which one? Or, uh, hold on, I could be getting totally wrong. What Saints game? Not this year, right? No, 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 no. Hold on. All right. Well, while you got, go ahead. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna let you finish that. That fucking bullshit play. Um. Oh, oh, oh! Saints Vikings. Yeah, with the Stefan Diggs. Okay, okay, that was him. You think that he's, you think that he's so fucking pissed off that that play four years ago, five years ago happened that he's taking it out on Absolutely. everyone now. And everything for him having a chance to win. It was in 2017 when Minnesota had to come here to play us. It should have been the Saints coming here and playing us. He takes that personal. Now he's with the team that won the Super Bowl and he's going to get his revenge in the NFC Championship game against the Vikings. I like it. I like Okay, it comes full circle for old Tommy Flynn. I like it. So my number one team, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're the only undefeated team in the league. I'll ramble off some stats just like you, baby. 391 yards a game, which which I have in my notes is third in the league behind Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, they're 16th in pass, but they're eighth in rushing. They're second in points per game. The Eagles' defense is balling, like you said, and they are a league-leading 15, plus 15 turnover differential, which is not only first place, but they lead second place by eight. They've doubled up the rest of the league. They are taking the ball away. And they are protecting the ball. They got key wins versus Minnesota and Dallas. And the remaining schedule is looking nice, bro. So there's no reason why this team shouldn't be in everyone's number uh, number one in everyone's rankings with, with Buffalo losing and the Josh Allen mess. But they're in the driver's seat for the NFC spot, for the top NFC spot. But not only just that, they're in the driver's seat to be the number one ranked team in the league uh, schedule, you know, record-wise. And uh, now that doesn't get them anything extra besides the bye week if they're able to finish on top. But this team is gelling and clicking, and they're just firing on all cylinders. With the remaining schedule, anything short of the one seed in that first round bye would be a huge disappointment for our boys. Uh, the schedule is going to give them a chance to not only do something great in the regular season, but it should give them plenty of opportunities to expand and practice the playbook um, so that they're ready and, you know, they're ready come January and, and hopefully February. So. That wraps it up. We uh we have you know that wraps up our top ten. Definitely got some surprisers in there. Who's your surprise of the of the night for power rankings? I think mine is for you having the Dolphins as low as you do. You got the Dolphins at eight. You having the Dolphins at three? Nah, <laughs> that was a good response. Hey, I got the Eagles one, Vikings two, Dolphins three, Bills four, and the Chiefs five. I think my top five is pretty solid. And and. My reasoning behind it is, is pretty strange. Also another, also another thing about C.J. Gardner-Johnson, his first three years with the Saints, he's had five total interceptions in all three years. He has five interceptions interceptions just this year in eight games. 
eight. He's number one in the league, or he's tied for number one. <clears throat> so we went through the. Uh, we are getting towards the end of the. Sh- What'd you say? He is number one. Okay, even better. Um, we're getting towards. We're getting towards the end of the uh, of the show here. We've been with you guys for over two and a half hours. It's our long our longest show to date. Um. But real quick, just in case anybody missed it, I want to give Tom a chance to go over the Tom Flynn, the ever so popular Tom Flynn lock of the week. All right, boy. Take it away. Minnesota is going to head into Buffalo. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to run the ball. Kirk Cousins is not playing on prime time, so we're going to get a decent Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson's going to have a great game. I don't know what... Listen, I'm taking the Vikings plus three and a half. I'm taking the hook, and the hook is going to win the game. Watch the line change completely when they rule Josh Allen out. You you have been on a train of him not playing. So the Tom Flynn lock of the week is Minnesota plus 3.5. I'm I'm I want to say the fade, but I'm with you on this one. I got them. I got them winning. I you, I think very highly of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, we got a little bit of fantasy advice from from our boy Derek, who couldn't be here with us tonight. But uh, I'm I'm reading directly from him. So quarterbacks, he wants to watch out for Patrick Mahomes, who's coming off of a game where he threw 68 times. That's that's kind of crazy. Almost 70 attempts in a game. Don't think that's going to stop going up against a team that allows 250 yards in the air per game. Mahomes threw for over 400 yards, and you could see a similar stat line in this one coming up. Uh, Jalen Hurts is another guy he's watching. He's looking for Hurts to just keep riding that hot streak. He He's a threat throwing as well as running, and he's been getting into the end zone a lot with his legs, and the, and the Eagles don't have a power back, so a lot of that – you know, inside the five stuff, red zone, deep red zone stuff. They're they're relying on on Jalen Hurts, his decision making, and his legs. I agree with Derek there. Um, and if his sleeper for the week, me and him are kind of in line with this one. Quarterback Russell Wilson. Yes, Wilson. If he wants to get back on track, this is the perfect game as he is going up against a team that just allowed Patrick Mahomes to go crazy on him in the Titans. They let up nearly 300 yards a game to quarterbacks in the league, and with Wilson only having six touchdowns and nearly as much and nearly just as much interceptions with. Four, I think he turns it around this game. These are direct from Derek. His running backs are Raheem Mostert, uh, where he thinks that Mostert's coming out to, to prove himself um, after Jeff Wilson Jr., who you like this week, had a pretty good game last week. Uh, Mostert is having around four yards of carry, and he looks for him to get majority of the red zone touches and get into the end zone this weekend. And his other running back we talked a lot about today is uh, Travis Etienne. And the only way for Jacksonville to have a chance is if they slow this game tremendously and keep Patty and the offense off of the field. I expect Travis Etienne to get many touches this game and also get into the end zone. And he also, Derek, has a sleeper running back, but he's not sure if it's too much of a sleeper. Najee Harris should put on a show this weekend in Himes Field, going up against the Saints who let up 120 rushing yards to opposing running backs. Um, I think the Steelers have to get the ground game going to get Kenny Pickett and the play action going. That's what Derek thinks for them. Uh, just to kind of touch on 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 that, this the Saints got a weird stat. Not a weird stat, but it's kind of telling on how they play. 
when they're over like 115 yards a game, I think it is rushing on the ground, they're three and zero or three and one. And when they're under that, they're zero and five. Pretty much saying that when they don't get the rushing attack going, they are pretty doo doo. Um, for wide receivers, you got the Philly boy, well Eagles guy, Devontae Smith, and he says if you rewind to earlier in the season. Devontae had a career game grabbing eight receptions in Washington for 169 yards and a touchdown. And he says, I didn't forget. I don't think Smith did either. He's licking his chops again. And I believe this is a big game for him breaking out with a long reception for a touchdown. And he goes with one guy that. I think we have a little technical difficulties here. I don't know what Derek's picks were because he sent them to Ryan. We are having a little technical difficulties. Ryan will be back. I will say that, like we said earlier, the keys to Carolina winning this game was Deonta Foreman running the ball as he just scored a touchdown. Uh, Waiting for Ryan to get back. Um, hmm, Ryan had the segments, but we'll talk a little bit about some football. I mean, I don't know if anybody has any questions to ask, um, or we could talk about anything really. Uh, I know Deontay Foreman just scored. I know Drake London scored 19 to nine Carolina Panthers. Over the Atlanta Falcons. Sixers. We could talk about the Sixers. I know they lost to Atlanta. It's a bad night. I mean, Joel just needs to stop hanging around the key and get down in the paint. I mean, there's a guy that should be averaging 30, fuck, 30, 30 and 15 a game easily. He knows he's one of the best big men in, fo- big men in, fo- um, in basketball. I'm talking about football, Jesus. He knows he's one of the biggest big men in basketball, so... Hey, welcome back. <laughs> I'm glad it kept going. Um, I had a little bit of an issue there. I uh, I fucked up, but Man, I, I, I I thought everything froze at first, and I'm sitting there for like three minutes, just like staring at the screen. That's what I said. I said, "Tom, talk." Well, I, I meant to text you, but just to finish, uh, Derek, uh, I'm gonna go through his uh, try to. He got Kate Otten and TJ Hawkinson, who's looking to have big games. And he's looking for the Dallas Cowboys defense to have a big game. And he says it's because the Packers stink. And then Miami's defense, he expects to pretty much have a pretty decent game here. And then that's going to lead me to the RG parlay of the week, which is something that I think that I'm going to try to push out there. Um, I got Detroit. I got Detroit plus three. In, in their matchup this week, I got Tampa Bay money line, and I got Cleveland plus three and a half. 
they're the three games where I think that's a I think that's a pretty solid parlay that that could you know have a little bit of a decent payout, and that would be again Detroit winning their game over or not even winning because um, I do have the Bears winning twenty seven twenty six, but Detroit cashing in on that three, and, and I think they keep it close. They keep all their games close. I think that the I think that the Bucks going up against the Seahawks. I, I think that they're gonna win, and then. Um, what was my last game? I just said it. Cleveland, Cleveland. I think the Russian attack with Cleveland. Um, I think they're going to get it going. I think they're going to stay within three and a half. Um, and with that, I wanted before we jump off. And, and I know you were talking a little basketball. I I didn't really catch too much. We've been on this motherfucker for almost three hours. I didn't really catch too much of the Sixers. Um, but. I do want to go ahead and have us all pick some games. We're going to start keeping track of, of the records. Derek's taking the Chiefs over the Jags. He's taking the Bills over the Vikings. And he's taking the Panthers. And this was before the game. He's taking the Panthers over the Falcons. So we should have a pretty decent tell um, on how his week's going to look based off of his pick tonight. And the Panthers are indeed beating the Falcons 19-9. to what did I say? Nineteen to sixteen was my was where I said we'll wind up getting a boring nineteen to sixteen game. One more <laughs> touchdown from the Falcons, baby. One more touchdown. Um, all right, so he took those games. They're his three. Um, give me your three games. Remember, you can only have one that we would consider "quote unquote" an obvious pick. I don't have one like that, so I'm taking Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Okay. I'm taking a lock of the week, Minnesota plus three and a half. These are all straight up, but I, I take it. And I'm taking the Houston Texans outright over the New York Giants. Oh, okay. So, oh, that's pretty good. That is, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty solid. All right. I'm going to, who am I going to go? I think I'm going to take. I don't want to do that. I don't want to take like the Chiefs or anything like that. All right, I'm gonna take the fuck. I don't know who to take, Tom. All right, I'm gonna take the. You took the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and take all the opposite picks of me. All the opposite picks of you, pretty much. Now nah, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll take. <sighs> I'll take the Dolphins over the Browns. I'll take the Steelers over the Saints. And I'll take, fuck it, I'll take the Colts over the Raiders. I'm going to try to pick some close games. I'll take Indy over Vegas. I'll take the Steelers over the Saints. And I'll take the Browns over the Dolphins. And we'll see who got the better week. I'm going to try to challenge myself and see if I could pick some games that's close. Because I feel like taking the Chiefs is too easy. Mm-hmm. I feel like even taking the fucking, the Bucks is a little too easy. And taking the Cowboys is too easy. And I was going to take the Cowboys, but fuck the Cowboys. All right. You got anything else for the people before? I know you got to get up early as shit. I'm not worried about that. Just to get back on what Timlin said about the Sixers. Mm. They're just fucking... I mean, it's all Doc. Doc needs to go. They need a coach that's going to fucking pick up Embiid and literally fucking cement his feet in the paint. That's it. You don't do nothing but sit in the paint. You box out. You grab rebounds, you go down, you play physical, and you get and you, you turn into a thirty and ten minimum guy. That's it. Yeah. I mean, missing James Harden's huge right now, but I mean, Tyree, it's it's all it's it's the Tyrese Joel show right now. 
Well, Maxie went five for 17, 15 points. He went two for six from three, and he really didn't, you know, he didn't have <laughs> he didn't have a game. Tobias is 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 looking like Casper the friendly ghost. He's just gone. Um DeAnthony Melton plays 28 minutes and gives you five points. I mean, you're getting big minutes from some guys that just aren't producing. PJ Tucker took two shots tonight, bro. Finished with three points. Joel, 26 points, 13 boards, and the Sixers lose. They fall to five and seven with a 104 to 95 loss to the, the team Atlanta. that started the fucking downfall of the process, the Atlanta Hawks. Hot take. Embiid's last year here, if they lose in second round again, he demands a trade. Nope, he ain't going to demand a trade. I'm going to fucking demand a trade. I will absolutely sign. Starting fives, he's out. (laughs) I will fucking sign up. I will go. And I love Embiid. I'm not. I'm not a typical Philly fan. That's just hot and cold and no. I fucking love Joel Embiid, and I think he's a unicorn. I think he's one of the best players. But I think that with his injury history, I think with how, I don't know. I get very. Sometimes he's just not into it. He could be the most exciting player in the game, and he can be really, really locked in and into the shit that he does. But there's a lot of times where I feel like maybe he's not as bought in, and I get, you know, I I could see Embiid ending his career in a couple years, whether it's because of injuries or or whatever. And I think that if the Sixers aren't able to do something this year with him, Maxie, and Harden, I would like to see them trade. I don't want them to full rebuild. Of course, you still got Maxie. Build around Maxie. Trade Embiid. And trade James Harden and get as much for them as you can while you still can and just move on. Because at the end of the day, it's been it's been four or five consecutive years where we just we're, we're a second round playoff team. And I, I think that the five and seven starts got a lot of people down on them, especially when you see like a team again, like the Phillies that went on that run. I think the five and seven team got a lot of people down on them. But I do believe that. You know, they're going to turn it around. It's a long season. They're going to get James Harden back. But I just don't know if this team, how this team is constructed. I don't know if they're constructed to to, to make a deep run. And if they don't, I'm done. I, I, I have to be done. Because if not, then I'm going to come back and root for a second round exit again next year. And I'm not going to get tricked into the regular season performances and this and that. And it's just... If they don't do it this year, if they don't at least improve, get to a conference championship, then I think I'm sold on the team just moving in a different direction. Listen, we're everyone, t- we're 12 games in. We're five and seven. This is the perfect time to get rid of Doc. I I do think that Doc's got to go. I I honestly I think that Doc is as he's just hit that that. I don't know if he's still got the locker room. I don't know if he ever did. There's always been like the locker room was always kind of. You know, a little like I feel like there was issues and it all stems from the Ben Simmons and Joel thing. But he wasn't able to keep Joel from from saying the things that he said. He wasn't able to keep Ben in the building. And and that speaks a lot to how much his guys, you know, I'm sure they respect Doc Rivers and I'm sure Embiid, you know, Embiid respects him. But he's shown times where he doesn't, where he's come out and he's, you know, he threw Ben under the bus and that caused a lot of problems in the in the locker room. So. I think it's time for Doc to go. Listen, it's like everybody says, basketball doesn't start to the All-Star break. When they're 30-plus games in, the trade line, the trade deadline's approaching, and all the teams finally start meshing with their chemistry. Yeah. No, I agree. But listen, the Sixers are – they're in the 11th. They're tied at 11th yeah. right now. 11th spot in the East with the – They're not even in a fucking playing game right now. 
Mm-mm, we're one game. Well, we're we're sitting statistically behind the Brooklyn Nets, who are at number ten. Um, Milwaukee's running away with the. I mean, it's only it's only eleven games in for them, but they're ten and one, and they're still missing Middleton. They're still missing um, another key piece. I keep forgetting who the fuck it is. Whether is it Pat Connaughton? They're missing somebody else. But Cleveland has looked good. Boston's looking good. Atlanta just beat our ass, and and. The East, the East got some, you know, the Sixers got to step it the fuck up. They're definitely got to step it the fuck up. Over in the West, the, the Utah Jazz, again, they just haven't got the memo that they're supposed to be bad. They're 10-3. and three. They're on top of the West. They're ahead of teams like Portland. They're ahead of Phoenix Suns, who the Sixers beat the fucking Phoenix Suns, and then they lose to the Hawks. It's, it's like, it's just so, I don't understand it. The Hawks are a good team, don't get me wrong, but they're just so inconsistent. But, um... Yeah, the West, the West is looking pretty sturdy too. Your Lakers, your your LeBron, uh, not your Lakers, but your 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 LeBron guy, your bigger LeBron fan maybe than me. Um, two and nine, two and nine. Trade Tobias and whatever picks are available for Bron. The money works. I don't think that LeBron fixes this team, Sean. Um, maybe a couple years ago when it was rumored that when he was leaving Cleveland, he was coming to Philly. Um, maybe then, but now he's, I think LeBron is going to find his way to go back to Cleveland for his final Cleveland chapter. And then he's going to be on the Oklahoma city thunder. And the reason why I think that is because with all their picks, I think they're going to be the ones to take a chance on Brownie. They're going to have all that young talent and they're going to draft his son and he's going to go with his son. And he's going to, and I, that's just something that I felt, you know, maybe for a year or so, I feel like. I feel like he got one more stint in Cleveland and this team right now. I think it could be this year. They're two and nine. Jeannie Buss and, and, and the gang, they're they know that this team is is past its window. The win, that window closed. They're two they haven't looked good. Yeah, he's always hurt. They would want to trade LeBron and A D. Stack up on draft picks. Stack up on draft picks. And Russ, bro. Russ 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 is done. I think his career is over. Listen. When when Kobe when Kobe retired from the Lakers, they they went in you know, and even right before we retired, they weren't too good, right? But they went into a rebuild, and they did it through the free agency, and they got or the trade whatever they acquired fucking Anthony Davis, they acquired LeBron, they 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 got these teams, and they got their championship. Now whether people put an asterisk on it or not, they sold out. They got rid of the likes of. Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzman, a lot of those young guys that really would have been a solid core, D'Angelo Russell, they got rid of those guys and it did pay off. They got a championship, but now they got a LeBron that looks like he may have slowed down a little bit or maybe he's just not as into it. Um, you got AD who you're just every time he's every time he's falling, you're kind of you're kind of wincing to see if he's hurt. Um, and they got Russ who's now coming off off the bench, but he don't want to be there, bro. That no. team is is pretty dysfunctional, and I think it's only a matter of time. LeBron, the only reason I the only reason I would see LeBron staying is because he's never asked for a trade out of a spot before. I don't know that he's going to start now, but maybe I think there's a chance that he just made a public comment about the Cleveland team, um, and kind of praising them while it seems like maybe he was taking a shot at his own guys, saying that they seem like they're not too into their phones. They just show up to work, and and that's. I could see LeBron going back, and I don't know if that works for Cleveland or if that makes them a little bit, you know, whatever the case may be. You know Cleveland's always going to be in on LeBron. He's made enough money. Maybe he takes 
less money to go back to Cleveland before he figures out, you know, his next stop when Bronny comes out. But I just it, it, it ain't looking good for the for the Lakers. And I'm really not convinced, at least not yet. I'm not as, as much as I'm not convinced that the Sixers are the team that's going to come out of the East right now. I'm really not convinced that the Lakers are going to turn it around. And, and, and even I think they're in for a long season. I think they cut ties and, and just try to fucking jump into the rebuild now. Don't waste no time. You guys, you guys are the fucking Lakers. Get the contracts off the off the off the books so that in the next not this free agency, but the following free agency and the one after, you guys got some draft picks. You got some money to fucking throw with free agents. Again, you're the Los Angeles Lakers. People are gonna want to play. You're not the Charlotte Bobcats back when they were the Bobcats. People want to play in LA. So cut the ties, get some picks and, and rebuild that team. Yeah, but I would love to see Tobias leave. He just like faded into oblivion. He's another guy that I kind of always was um, supporting that I think I've I've given up supporting. But uh, we have hit the three hour mark, my good brother. Um, do you have anything else for our folks here tonight, Sean? Sean been with us the whole night. I appreciate Sean. Hey, I appreciate that. Um, every time. No, just get ready to watch some great football. Get ready to watch some great college football on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, watch some NFL. Sunday, we'll talk about college. We'll talk about the NFL on Sunday. And I don't you know. Ain't watching. You ain't watching no football Saturday because you're going to be on the golf course getting your football. ass whooped. And I'll come back. Uh, I'm going to come back Sunday, and I'm going to let you guys know how phenomenal my dinner was. And it's even more phenomenal because it's going to be a free dinner <laughs> and look uh, at that look at that sean sean asked us before the show before the game started uh marcus <laughs> Mariota or russell wilson and with nine minutes left in the fourth russell wilson has 8.79 point i mean Mariota has 8.79 points russ was the pick broncos country let's ride sean I'm big on Russ this week. I love Mariota. If if I didn't think Russ was going to have a bounce back game, bro, I probably would have led you towards Mariota. But I'm glad I didn't because then you want to listen to us anymore. But uh, listen, Sean, everybody, we appreciate you all for tuning in. Three hours we went today. We have new like this is just football. I mean, football takes up a lot of time. It's the peak interest right now. It's getting into the thick of it, and we want you guys to join us. We'll have another live show Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we are going to continue getting better on distribution, making sure everybody can hear us across all platforms and making sure you know when we're live. But if you could do your part and follow us on all social media platforms, and please, most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that we can continue to grow and 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 bring more content, bring more live shows, and bring more stuff. Um, the YouTube channel, I'm going to break a lot of this down because three hours is a long podcast. It's a long live video, so I, I'm going to chop a lot of it down and release it in segments where we talk about the top ten, where we talk about different things. Please join us on there, and once again, we love you all. Thank you all for joining, and with that, I got nothing else. I'm all talked out. Tom, it was a good show, I bro. Um, I appreciate you fellas for listening. Sean, I appreciate you, brother. Fellas and ladies. I was we were on TV at the, yo, we were on the uh we were on the fire the firehouse TV. Ismar had us up on the firehouse TV. We were at the post office. Uh we were on the big screen at Aunt Chrissy's house. We I see that. Our big heads were up some places. Hey, everybody, thank you, and we appreciate it. And we will catch y'all Sunday, 7 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.